Pero bueno, Ruben Arce, ¿listo? Yeah. Let's get started. Señor Ruben Alvarez, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for accepting my invite on a Sunday around 1 p.m., right? I know we talked about sports, that you're not a big into uh, football, but thank you so much. I'm very excited today for two reasons. Number one, this is the first podcast I recorded in a very long time. Um, I committed myself when I started this project to do a total of 52. I stopped at 30 because I'm, I'm traveling a lot for work. And I'm like, you know what, I need to make sure that I uh, finish what I said that I was going to do, which is my 52 episodes. So I'm excited about that. But then I'm excited to chat with you today because you're the first guest ever that is not born or raised mm -hmm. in El Paso. So I'm gonna ask a lot of questions on a lot of different topics, and I am really interested in hearing your, uh, your perspective. So again, thank you for coming today, sir. Yeah, absolutely, this should be fun. Nice, well, let's let's get going soon. I, I say that with the most monotone ever. Yeah, 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 like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, super yeah, excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> All right, so please give us a quick intro on who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Ruben Alvarez. I am uh, a marketer by trade, right? Um, we started off as uh, social media marketers, right? And you know what's funny is before I before I go too far into that, uh, Rocky Garza, one of our really good friends, he would actually stop me there and be like, "We didn't ask what you do; we asked who you are, right?" And and I just caught myself, right? But um, no, I think um, to go back a little bit because everybody knows that I'm a marketer. I am somebody who believes that who, regardless of who you are, you can do whatever you want. It's just depending on whether you're gonna have excuses or not. So my my mission is basically to show people that they can do whatever they want, they can have whatever they want, regardless of who they are. Why? Um, because I've seen it myself in, in my life, right? And I can, I obviously everybody has, um, everybody has certain circumstances that they can say, hey, you know what, I was born this way, this happened to me, they touched me here, they did this to me, blah, 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 right? We all have different things. Um, and I think that I've experienced a lot of those things. I'm, I'm about to be 32 this month, and I think that I've experienced as much as maybe somebody who's like 60 or 70 years old, right? And it's because I go out looking for these things. I, I want more out of life, but what most people don't realize is that the more that you want, the more that you're gonna experience both good and bad, right? So um, I've, I've gone through a lot of death, right, um, of people that I care about. Just yesterday, there's somebody who I was gonna share the stage with. She seemed like a beautiful person, passed away from stage four cancer. Um, and so I'm like, damn like I was about to meet her in a few months and now she's gone right and so you you deal with death you deal with you know like my father wasn't there in my life growing up um, you deal with being um, in California right because I was born and raised in California which is a white man's world um, I was 5'7 I was 4'11 until I was in ninth or 10th grade so I was short um, I was skinny I was scrawny didn't have a dad we were poor so there's a lot of stuff right um, by ninth grade I knew that I wanted to be more and so like my what's funny about me is that my my everything reflected on like my my schooling right a plus in math all four years F's and D's and everything else so I knew it wasn't stupid right I knew it wasn't yeah. stupid but that's pretty much why is because I really see that it's not a matter of whether you can or you can't it's a matter of whether you try or you don't now, if you look back, because you're absolutely right, everybody experiences life, right? Uh, but either you go right and you go left, right? Why did you go right? Um, you also had the option to go the other way. But now, if, looking back, and I don't know if you know the answer, by the yeah. way. But is there anything that you're like, okay, maybe this is the reason why I miss it. my upbringing, what my mom, I, I don't know. I mean, there's many yeah. different things that went on, but I'm just curious if you know why you went right instead of going left. Yeah, a huge part was my mom, right? Because I'm um, single, single mother and try to always be there for us. Um, I, don't, I don't think that she really complained that much. She always held a job. 
we always went to to church, right? Um, and we were Jehovah's Witnesses, and I won't talk much about that because then they they have their own thing of how like we'll be shunned and stuff, right? And I don't want to get too much into that, but um, yeah, no, we were we were, she always gave us everything, right? Like we were always going to church, we were always doing stuff, and she just showed us and was so supportive that it was like you can really kind of do anything you know and I don't think that she ever told us like that's dumb don't do that it was more or less like maybe you shouldn't be thinking about doing that because it doesn't align with this or this but if we were like we want to do this she's like yeah you could absolutely do it it's not a matter whether you could or you couldn't you could you know um so I think that having that I think Kobe Bryant actually talks about something similar which was when he was playing basketball, his dad told him that he was going to love him regardless whether he was great or not. He's like, that gave me permission to fail because I knew that I was not going to be not loved, you know? Um, but I think that another big part of it was seeing her try to do the best in, like, an American world, you know? And then seeing the sacrifices and everything and being like, well, if she sacrificed that much and I'm born here and I have better advantages, why can't I do more? And I think that that's something that's always pushed me is make the sacrifices count, you know? And then the deeper that you go back, the crazier it gets, right? Because my mom uh, came here from Mexico and was working like the, the great, I think it was the great fields or something like that, right? And there was like uh, spiders and snakes and everything. So you're like, all right, cool. She went through that, right? Plus the, the journey of having to get from Mexico to here with coyotes and everything. Plus that. Then there's my grandma who was beaten by my grandfather, right? Decided no more and had to come over here by herself. And then it's like, who was before that and who was before that? And how about the people that were like fighting lions way back in the day? That You know, like all these sacrifices. And we're like, we're here in America now. And why can't we play the American game better than Americans even do? Yeah, yeah, I get you. I'm with you 100%. I don't know if you've seen any of the episodes, but for some reason, we always end up talking about this. Because, yes, of course, we're going to talk business. We're going to talk a lot about stuff. But I think what really gets people into thinking or at least attempting to change some of the, uh, of the opportunities or maybe the negative side, it's just that how can we get from that mindset, a negative one, to a positive step by step. And if there's tangible items, which hopefully we can talk about, I mean, that's even better, right? But yeah. let's go ahead and step back a little bit. Born, in, born and raised in California. Mm-hmm. What part of California, by the way? Uh, SoCal, uh, Southern California, Orange County. Okay, then you moved to Arizona, uh, 2020, if not a little bit before that. End of 2019. 2019 and this was to purchase a home right that was the the, the main idea behind purchase a home and then we kind of got lucky Uh because covid i don't know if you remember like it officially was like 2020 of march or something Mm -hmm. that when they shut everything down but they were talking about it early 2019 and there was scares and everything you know and so we took that as part of like our consideration of like if they do shut things down and this gets worse why don't we just move into a house because in southern california everybody's living in an apartment yeah yeah what part of uh, southern california what city irvine Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We, I, we, we used to have a, a site on uh, Irvine, by the way. I used to go traffic. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know yep. about this. But, okay, so then you moved to El Paso. Yes, that was in February of last year, so February 2022. Okay, why El Paso? Uh, so when we were in Arizona, obviously COVID, we couldn't do anything. Uh, I would say that I probably met seven people there, seven to ten or something like that, like that we actually knew, right? Like we probably met a few more, probably like 50 total, which still is not a lot of people. Uh, while we were there for two, two and a half years. And then in July, no, probably even a little bit more, like March 2021, um, I was talking to one of my friends, Angel Sandoval. He's from here. He's from El Paso. And I was telling him, I need a sales manager. I need a salesperson. I need, I need somebody for sales because back then I didn't have somebody for sales. And then there was days where I would get sick or depressed or you know what I mean? Like we're at home all day and I wouldn't sell anything. And that worried me because I was like, now if I'm not selling, who else is selling? Nobody else is selling. So with whatever little profit I have, I need to get a salesperson so that now we have two X people selling. Way better than one X, right? 
So I uh, I tell Angel, and Angel goes, well, have you heard of this guy named John Rivas? By the way, if anybody knows John Rivas, we have no idea how we met. Everybody wants to know the story. We don't know. This was back during... <laughs> okay, let me scratch off my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was back during COVID days where, like, everybody was going back and forth on social media, and they were going back and forth, like, on the internet, and we just met a lot of people. So I was, I was meeting a ton of people, and I'm very good at infiltrating circles, so it could have been through, like, a 10X circle. It could have been, you know what I mean? And so... He goes, well, why don't you try hiring this guy, John Rivas? And I was like, well, John has a job. So I talked to John. John says, hey, I'm in Midland, Odessa. I have no idea where the hell Midland, Odessa is. And he's like, and I'm thinking of leaving this job, this other job that I have, which, by the way, was a great job. He's making great money. And I was like, this guy's not going to leave the job, you know? So the first month, John doesn't really do anything when I hire him. And he was 1099 contractor, and it was like commission only. And so I hire him, does nothing. John is not going to be working for me. This guy's kind of just full of crap. I get it. He might hate his life over there, but there's no way. People love comfort. You know what I mean? So I, I got a little bit more depressed. 30 days later, the dude quits his job. He's like, I'm on my way to El Paso. I'm like, oh, shit, you were, you were actually serious. <laughs> I was like, so th- this is this is a real thing. So then we start doing all, um, like, we start prospecting in El Paso, and I'm kind of still doing my thing, you know, like, all through the through the nation. And we decide, um, we talked to another friend. They're like, hey, this person in Cruces is throwing these events, having 100, 200 people show up. If we didn't want to know Paso, I'm pretty sure people would show up. We did this small little event. I think you went to that. Was one. it the first thriving on your city? Very first okay. one with like Erica. So Shane, you were still not living here? No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that was July of 2021. We didn't move here nine months after. So the first one that we did, I had uh, actually no. John went. I, I flew John to Arizona so I could meet him. But we did a whole event with me remote. Okay. All right. All and right. so we had just everybody working over here, and this was we were a team of four back then. And so we threw an event, and I think uh, 110 people registered, and like 80 people showed up um, at one time. And then I think we had like 90 people that were like rotating or something like that. But yeah, so we do that event. We got really good results. I think we got a few leads from it. So we're like, all right, cool. Let's try doing another one. Maybe it was a fluke. We did another one towards the end of the year. It worked out. By that time, my my wife was like, hey, you should look at like the houses over there and I'm like no I, I don't want to move to El Paso so it was your wife's idea at first yes okay yeah well because we, we didn't own the house that we were in okay right and so then she's like I've been looking at houses you didn't purchase a home in Arizona I thought you did no we wanted to purchase one but when we moved there in 2019 the home prices were 237,000 roughly for a really really like nice three, uh, four bedroom three bedroom house and um, the interest rates were I think like at 3.9 back then right because they kept dropping but they were at like a 3.9 so i was like oh cool like i they and they we went and watched a few houses they're like if you guys can bring um versus a 3.5 3.5 down if you can bring like seven or ten i can't remember what it was they're like your interest will be like 2.5 and i was like oh, okay that sounds that sounds pretty good i'm sure yeah. we can save it over the next few years right and so we started saving and then COVID happened and the same two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollar home when we left oh okay okay so four hundred and ten thousand okay so we couldn't justify it i I, there's no way i could just because i saw it you know i was there and i saw the exact same house and i just couldn't do it okay so then that's why your wife gave you that idea of why if we move after these events why if we move to a yeah right and at first you did not want oh no because of juarez what yeah okay because see most people from el paso there's this really big misconception about el paso that i that i want to talk about most people from el paso think that people know el paso they think that there's enough credibility and respect and that there's enough knowledge of El Paso that people just know. And the reason that this happens is because you have places like, unfortunately, like the Chamber, that go out and they go to, like, let's say Austin, right? And they do this day of El Paso, but they, they go and they talk to the legislative people, right? That's not the everyday person, right? And then you have places like um, 
there's another dude who else does this um but basically there's these communities here that go out and they say hey we're gonna go talk to the general community about our our city they don't go talk to the everyday person they don't go talk to the business people they go talk to the higher ups and so what happens is there's this idea that everybody knows el paso if you ask if you were to put a poll right now right on like reddit what do you know about el paso the everyday person would be like isn't that next to juarez they'd be like oh that's still a town they'd be like oh you guys actually have businesses there's a downtown nobody knows about el paso and i still talk obviously the reason i say this is because when we were um experiencing covid i know people from around the nation now right and so when i say like and i take a picture of el paso downtown the comments come in you guys have a downtown that's beautiful. <laughs> is that a Walmart yeah. I see there? Yeah, they're like, oh my God, you guys have sky rises? There's high buildings? Like, we thought El Paso was literally just like a sand city, you know? So that that is the conception. So that was you before? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay, but yeah. then you said Juarez. You didn't want to move because of Juarez. Yeah. People, oh, we, we, had, we had already moved here. We had already been here once, remember? Uh-huh. Yes. The first time. Yes. The second time is uh-huh. when they were like, let's move. Okay. So the problem is is that I didn't know that Juarez wasn't as dangerous as it used to be, which again is a misconception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People think that Juarez is super dangerous, that nobody crosses the border. When we moved here, I saw somebody that was literally walking the bridge, somebody that we knew. And I was like, people just walk the bridge? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing, is that I think that that's part of the reason that a lot of people don't want to move here is because they really don't know anything about El Paso. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. This is very yes. interesting because, um, I mean, that, that comment you said, you're, you're absolutely right uh, with the friends that I have outside El Paso. Like, of course, I have to explain, oh, yeah, El Paso next to, to Juarez. I'm like, oh, is that dangerous? Well, you know what? It's not. And do you go often? I do. Yeah. And actually, one of my things I was going to share with you is like, we're going to go. Me and you, I know this because yeah. I, I watched one of your, your, your podcasts and you said that you, at, at least to that moment, maybe a year ago, you have not gone yet. And I'm like, bro, you're like, you have Mexico right here. And, and to me, it's like you just have to. It's one of those things yeah. that you have to. Well, but so see, far, have you have you gone already? No, but your your perspective is very. Of and course. I, and I already said, uh, I was very clear with everybody. I'll go to Juarez when people go. When I ask the question, should I go? And people don't go. You should, but okay. okay. Well, and ask you, me. No, no, and you, and you did it, and you didn't hesitate. So I I believe you. It's just the problem is that most people say when I go, hey, is Juarez cool? They go, yeah, 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 but, and then they go, but you shouldn't go down their specific roads, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't, and I'm like, ah. But isn't it the same case if I tell you, or if I ask one of the people, hey, is, is Walmart cool? Oh, yeah, of course, but, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the answer for most people, not for patents or, or other people, it's the same. We'll yeah. always kind of like, always throw that, oh, but yeah. stuff. But I want to go with somebody who doesn't have a but, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. I, okay. I want to go with okay. somebody who feels so good about it, that that they've never really seen anything or they can handle something that comes at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but that's perfect. Now, uh, I was born in Mexico as yes. well. I was born in Chihuahua. So, I mean, that, of course, it's it's it, it's not like the typical person which was was born there. But don't worry. Well, we'll, we'll take care of that. Yeah, and, yeah. and we're going to come back to that's that fine. as well. That's fine. All right. So, going back to once you moved to El Paso, what was your first impression of El Paso? Um, it, I think it's the same impression that everybody has. And it's the reason that the more people that know about El Paso, the bigger it'll grow. It's the people. The people are the best here, okay? Like, out of everywhere that you've been, nobody is as welcoming, nobody is as kind. Um, and I think that it has something to do with Mexicans being passive as well, you know? Mm-hmm. To where it's like somebody cuts you off online, you're just like, eat, I said, you know what I mean? They're just like, they stay quiet. They still think it, but they stay quiet. In a lot of other places, people are very vocal, right? But you have very, very kind and welcoming people, and especially in the business community, you have a lot of people who 
are welcoming to the idea of growth and expansion, and I don't think that there's a lot of people who are really leading that. So when I first came here, I was like, oh, people actually want this. They're actually interested in something like what we could offer, which is basically growth, expansion, connections, um, events, bringing other people here who are resources. So when I saw that, I was like, this is cool. We can, we can do something here. Good to know. Now, a side note, by the way, I, I, I share the same uh, opinion as you. Mm-hmm. Now, the one country that I've been to, the one city that actually they beat El Paso as far as the friendliest uh, people is in the Philippines. Man. I went to, really? to Manila, to, to that area, and I was like, okay, I was used to being nice and for yeah. people around, but no, these people go above and beyond. Really? Now, is it because I'm like uh, from outside the country? Well, maybe, I don't know this, but they were the nicest people, so if someone's here, I'm from over there. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, Senor, so when people ask you, because you, you still have a lot of friends, of course, from outside the, uh, the city, is that how you describe El Paso? If they ask you, okay, so tell me more. Is that the first thing that comes out as far as the people? What else? How do you describe El Paso no, to someone that asks you about El Paso? I, I tell them that it's a place that has a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I tell them that it's a place that is going to grow very fast and that could potentially be the next big city of, of, of El Paso. Out of all the places in El Paso, I think that this is the one that really has the most potential because it already is a big city. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most places, like let's say you look at Midland Odessa, that's a small city. It needs to grow into like what El Paso is. You look at things like, um, you know, like Tyler, Texas, or even like the border cities that are going down, even Brownsville. Brownsville is kind of like a city like this, but even then it's still lacking a lot of the infrastructure. So you have a place that has the potential to like boom and expand within the next five to 10 years. So whenever somebody like asks, what is El Paso? It is like the land of milk and honey. Like right now is it's the land of opportunity. This is the place where most people want to get in fast enough. Even even like uh, me being a marketer, right? Like there's there's digital media, there's TikTok that there was it was a gold mine when it first came out, right? There was um, Clubhouse that when it came out, there was Threads, there was Twitter. Like there's all these things that come out, and if you come out early enough on them, you have an opportunity, right? I'm like I'm always looking for the next opportunity. I'm like the opportunity is El Paso. That is the opportunity. It's not digital. It's not media. It's El Paso. Because if you actually go all in and you don't have that mentality that most people do of like, oh, there's no opportunity in El Paso, you can't grow here, blah, blah, blah. If, you, if 99% of people are thinking that and 1% are thinking that there is opportunity, that means that you have no competition here. So mm-hmm. El Paso is a land of opportunity right now. That's the way I describe it. Wow. Okay. Well, very refreshing. And I agree with you. I've been following you for social media for a long time. By the way, my first impression, this is the first time we meet in person. Yeah. Well, sort of. Seen, yeah, sorry, sort of. Sorry. I've seen you. But we have talked for yes. more than maybe 20 seconds, yes. right? And, and the, the one thing that, that I'm like, you know what, without knowing each other at a personal level, I'm like, this guy's consistent. And when I first saw the, the things that you were doing with, with the Chamber of Commerce or maybe with other business, I'm like, this guy's so fucking smart. Why? Because you're absolutely right. There's an opportunity for someone to do this for the first time. And here in El Paso, for the most part, like if they ask for advice or, hey, you know what, can you introduce me to somebody else? For the most part, we'll say yes. I'm sure there's that mm-hmm. pocket of people that maybe not. But I know, I'm sure you have encountered like very positive and people that are, like you said, want to expand, want to make El Paso uh, bigger. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, when, when, when I see myself, like this guy is so freaking smart. And, um, and we'll come back to that. But I, I do have one of my, uh, like the top questions for you mm-hmm. before we move on to business. The El Paso food, better than California, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, bro. We're gonna have to do it. Really? Cause what like okay so here's the thing I don't think I don't think you know this right but in El Paso 
Do you know that a potato with all food, like a baked potato, is not a common thing? Say that again. You know the baked potato that you mm -hmm. get with all the Mexican food, right? Uh, you mean maybe with carne, because that's basically what we put. I don't know. I've ordered tacos, and there's a baked potato. Like, almost every food, every Mexican place that I've gone to, I order something, there's a baked potato. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, regular baked potato. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I thought you meant, like, the food inside no, the baked no, no, potato. No, no, no. Okay, okay. No. Right. You know that that's not common everywhere, right? No, okay. Let me let me defend <laughs> my point here. You do know that a burrito does not come with beans and rice. Like that, just a bit. No, no. Oh, and lettuce, especially. Like, especially lettuce. Like, you go to... I've been to the, a lot of different states in, in Mexico. We don't do that. That's yeah. just a California thing. No, no, no. And I get it. And, no, and it's, bro, no, you're no, but, making me upset. But, <laughs> no, but, in, but, in, but in California, you have places that do it and don't do it, right? What I'm saying is here in El Paso, okay. the baked potato threw me off, dude. It's, and it throws me off all okay. the time. And, and I had somebody explain it to me, and then I was like, okay, why the baked potato? They're like, paquete the yenes. And I'm like, and, <laughs> and, I'm like and, and I okay. get it, and I'm like, I get it, but it's just weird. Like, that's the one thing that throws me off. Okay, aside the from the baked potato. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll give you that one. It's just hard. It's hard to get past. It really, okay, look, let me explain to you why. Bro, my respect level went from here. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's, it's hard. It's because it's like you get a plate, right? And you're just like, dude, okay, I want enchiladas. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna get enchiladas, I'm gonna get rice and beans. And that maybe like some sour cream on the side or something, right, right? And then there's a baked potato. And for some reason in my mind, it just, I'm like, why is there a baked potato there? I think it seems so Americanized to me that like it kind of destroys the idea of what I'm eating. Okay. That if they brought it to me without the baked potato, we could have this conversation. Okay. But I'm like, it, I'm telling, like on a, on a, it gets under me. Okay. You know? I'll tell you this, and hopefully I'm right, by the way. If I'm wrong, let me know. The, the potatoes are not a Paso thing. It's from the north of Mexico, like in Monterrey, okay. like all, in, in Chihuahua. That's kind of like what we do. Like we accompany, especially tacos, by the way, not enchiladas, anything else, just the big potato. Yeah. Now the big question is like everything else, like the enchiladas or any like Mexican food, is the flavor better than in California? I would say that it's easier to find authentic food here mm -hmm. than in California, but it's not better. It's the same because it's Mexican food. Okay. So I'll try like, to edit this portion of it. Just, <laughs> oh, of course, it's because it, it like so. So, so, for example, Rafa's burritos, right? Okay. Um, I had their 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 long one. I forgot what it's called, but it's uh, the cebrada. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's like green chili okay. and and papas and and uh, the cebrada, which is like pork or something like that, right? And I think the burrito is two fifty, maybe three three dollars fifty cents, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing's literally the size of my arm. Mm -hmm. And that I haven't had something that's that close to my mom's cooking growing up in maybe 15 years which means that in california i couldn't find it right so that's where i'm saying that it's way easier to find authentic mexican food here mm -hmm. than it is in california because in california i would I, I would have to search everywhere and i probably still wouldn't be able to find okay. it i think i know what the problem is here ruben by the way <laughs> i have diagnosed the problem here and that is that you know most like the people i have taken you or maybe recommended like a mexican restaurant which most of them are okay but they're pocho places, not yeah. like authentic. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can help you with that. Like, send you to like, like different places. Be like, you know what? If the, just know that if you don't like this, it's not the restaurant. It's you. Yeah. When I go to Mexico and had some dishes, and I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. Well, you know what? This is Mexico. Like, it is me, yeah. bro. Well, give, give him a shout out. Like right now, who's the... oh, my favorite. I'll give you the top two. Okay. Um, Gabriel's Cafe on Giles. Okay. Uh, that is like for sure. Like, uh, like if you want really authentic music. I mean, music, um, food, it's gonna be there. Also, Julio's on the one on, on, on the freeway, that's another one. 
And then a third one. Are you talking about Julio's on uh, the 375? Not the 375. The one on, on the freeway in Yarbrough, I think. Okay. Because that, that's the, the original one. Um, and then I'll come back to the third one because there's, there's so okay. many places uh, coming in mind. But okay, I'm glad we had this discussion, by the way. Okay, so now you moved to El Paso, right? What, um, if you don't mind me asking, is once you moved, what was the hardest thing you had to adapt to? I think the hardest thing has been so far that El Paso is divided into west and east in your guys' mind. Which in, um, I mean, you go, you go to California or even Arizona, there's there's an actual west and an east side. Like where we lived, it was a surprise. And to get over to Scottsdale would take me about an hour and a half, right? So it's like, that's, that's a big separation. And for here, you have the west side and you have the east side and it's only like 30 minutes apart. But the people on the west side think that they're from the west side and the people from the east side think they're from the east side. So there's a separation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. okay. There's there's the west side mentality, which mm-hmm. they hang out on the west side, and then there's the east side mentality, and one of those mentalities thinks they're better than the other. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So that's that's kind of been challenging because is that also in business? Because uh, I can totally see that. Like now, if I think about yes. friends or when we hang yes. around, like kind of like the opinion on each side. But is that also in business? It, it is, and that's one of the hardest things. Is I'm. I'm good with helping people, right? And I'm barely breaking into one of those sides right now. And it took a while because I think that there's a a higher protection when it comes in business and in the mentality of people of like, well, and and it took me a really long time to understand this because I've realized that there's a lot of people that come to El Paso to take from El Paso or people that are from El Paso that literally were only taken from El Paso. I mean like scammers and things like that, right? And so when you have somebody who's not from here, who says they're a marketer, who says they have good intentions, everybody's like, does he really? And then they just shun you out. And so for the first, I would say year, it was a lot, a lot of like proving myself to people to where now I'm not having to do that anymore. Is the interaction different uh, when you go talk to a business owner, possible pitch for business like in the West side versus the East side? Um, no, well the, the West side, they wouldn't even talk to us. Okay, you know okay. I mean? this is kind of like what you correct and then but now it's coming to where people are reaching out to me like I heard this really really good and this is part of more of my my bigger overall goals is I do want to have my name known right like I want to become famous and I want my name to be known in the world right but it's getting to a point where now and I love this quote that I heard oh, I gotta get to my point but I, I'm sorry it's just I'm no, 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 go ahead. The, the quote is um I always knew I was famous. I was just waiting the world to catch up. That's it, right? And so it's getting to a point now where people are starting to realize that I am who I say I am without me having to say it anymore. And so the doors and the conversations are starting to open up. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and that's kind of like what I said at the beginning prior to, 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 uh, to meeting in person. That was my first impression. When I first started uh, following you, you started doing content, and a lot of people, I see a lot of people start something, a podcast, um, maybe uh, building content for their business, and then something happens, three, four months, maybe six at the most, 
it's gone. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I number my episodes, by the way. That's my way to hold myself accountable that, yeah. hey, bro, you, you can't stop. You say you were going to do 52. After 52, most likely I'm going to stop. But guess what? You can't. And when I know someone that is as consistent, again, it's my opinion, has been like, you know what? I respect this guy. I don't know this guy, but I respect him in the sense that he's trying to do something for himself, for his company, for his whatever it is, and he's doing it, or at least the attempt. Yeah. And that's the reason why uh, we'll jump into maybe social media haters in a, uh, in a <laughs> while. But th- that, that's the reason why, like, people, um, I don't know if I told you this, but I hate recording this. Like, and what I mean hate, I really like talking to people and I really like interacting, but unlike people don't see me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I have no purpose of, like, a business, marketing, like, mm-hmm. nothing like that. I'm doing this, first, first of all, because this is the best way I know to network. Even the networking events that, that, that we go to, it is 10, 15 minutes, but everybody's kind of like, oh, my pitch is this. Yeah. Right now, even right now, after 30 minutes, I think the first 30 minutes is when we're like, okay, so what's your name? And, and we're like cautious on how we answer stuff. But after 30 minutes, for the most part, you know what, it's gonna be you, it's gonna be me. And afterwards, either you like me or not, which is fine, but if you do, you do like me at a different level, opposed to just like a networking five minutes oh he, he was cool yeah. you know like I you think I, and now I, I know a little bit more about you at a personal level right yeah. so that's the one of the reasons why I do this right uh, um, but again when I see someone at least attempting to I'm like bro kudos to you like there's no way someone not successful but knowing how hard it is to hate on someone else that, that that is trying to do that as well yeah. and when I look back at you your content and the like the, the things how, how your opinion on different things like yeah this, this guy's doing it like maybe he's not gonna be successful on several things but he's out there you know I, I really like this quote about the uh, the men in the arena mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right like bro I'm here with chingazos. yeah like l- looking at me acá, like mispronouncing words my thoughts all over the place but guess what here yeah. and at the end of the day that makes me uh, proud of myself and I'm not doing this for like anybody else I'm just bro this is for me yeah and when I see people that, that, that uh, have the same uh, see the same mindset I'm like fuck yeah that's the reason why I want to have this guy on board. yeah I, I will say something before we move on uh, about the whole consistency mm-hmm. thing there was somebody who, who called me out on it and um, I was kind of struggling um, and I, I wouldn't say how do I put this we were we were stagnant we were stuck in business, right? Uh, about six, well, no, it was towards the beginning of the year. And I went to Houston and I was meeting with this guy and I told him, hey, I'm, I'm stagnant. And he told me like, well, who's selling? And I told him, you know, John's selling. And he's like, hey, that's stupid. Like you have to be selling. He's like, I'm, I'm doing, I think he was doing like 12 million a year at that point. He's like, I'm selling every day. I'm the one that closes the deals. The deals come through me. I'm the one that's closing. He's like, why would you stop? And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm sure that at some point we have to stop, but that makes sense. But then what he told me about the content and the consistency and everything, that one actually really stuck with me because um, he's like, will you stop posting for a little while? I'm like, yeah, we get really busy. And like, that's the whole point, right? Like we, we post content and we get clients and then we get busy and then I, I take a hit because I'd rather post their stuff than mine. And he goes, but how are you going to tell people that they need to post daily if you're not doing it? Like that stuck with me. That stuck with me. He's like, he's like, how are you gonna tell somebody to do something if you're not doing it? Because I do, right? Like I tell them, like, oh, push through and work out, and so I'm, I'm telling people what to do. I'm confident with that. But it doesn't matter how busy you are if you're gonna tell someone to do something, you better be doing it. And so when he told me that, that's why I haven't missed. Like I, I might miss like for a few days if I get sick or if I'm like busy traveling. But for the most part, it's my responsibility to tell my editor, let's sit down, let's record ten to twelve. I need these edited and I need to push one out a day. That's me, that's no one else. And if I wait till the last moment and now I'm sick, that's still me. 
And not only the posting schedule. You know what? What? what at least I see, like, an, an, uh, again, someone that what that is not close to you, is like I don't care if you post once every month, but your goal is still there. You're consistent with your goal. You're consistent to what you want to do, and that again, do you? At least to me, it doesn't matter if you post daily because I don't see them daily. But I see that okay, this is someone that like he, he, this is his goal, and this is the way he's working on achieving this goal. And I thought, like, oh, okay, that's impressive to me. But bueno, we'll come back to it. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit more business. I know that you were laid off from a place that you worked for many years, right? You were a regular W-2 employee. What was the biggest lesson from being let go of that company? Uh, well, not even from being let go, but like the biggest lesson that I learned from working there for eight years before they sold it was basically that no matter how much you believe somebody has your best intentions at heart, it's always going to be you, right? So, and, and, and part of it, it's this really big conflicting emotion because you almost have to be appreciative over the pain, even though you might not like it, because the pain is what makes you stop being in that comfort zone that keeps you exactly where you want to be, right? Because if I had never gotten sold, how many more years would I have been there, right? Like, let's say that he would have taken this 15, 20, 30 years, and I'm making a wage still, right? Where do I take the next step and so I think I've come to learn to hate it and appreciate it as much as I do because it really forced me into what I wanted to do um I think I was 20 I think I was 27 when it happened and I wanted to become a millionaire by age 30 and if it would have happened at 25 I'd probably be a millionaire already but because it happened at 27 I didn't start going in my path now I had to wait longer so I don't know, I think that there's, um, even like Alex Hermosi, Alex Hermosi tells about this example that I'm like super trying to prevent, which is most business owners do something, get in like a lot of trouble, like financially, think they're not gonna make it, then they have the story of like how they made it. Uh, Hermosi took on a business partner, it was him and a business partner, they started a gym, they capital raised like 50 grand. Hermosi puts the money in a bank account that's a split account, goes to sleep, wakes up, the business partner took all the money, put it in another place where he can't say it, and said, oh no, that's my portion, you screwed me over. Never screwed him over. Now he's out 50 grand, has all these employees, has to pay them. I'm like, I never wanna be in that position, right? So I, I am appreciative over that job that showed me pain, so that that way I'm always looking for an opportunity of where I might get screwed over, so that I don't get screwed over. Let's take it back, because I, I hear you, and you're right as far as, okay, this is kind of like pain, I wanna uh, feel this pain. But let's be realistic and also talk about most people. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was it was sad that you thought maybe you were gonna continue growing with this company, and at the end, I heard that you maybe you got only five thousand dollars, right? Kind of like the compensation. But okay, that sucks for you. But how come you just don't get another job with maybe a bigger employer? How did you make that shift? Okay, I need to start my own business because that's both. I'm a business owner. We know that's much much harder than just being a W two. Yeah. So I, I just want to understand a little bit. Okay, I understand your pain, your point. Uh, but okay, how can I like? Okay, well, let's create a business because I have a higher chance of failing in my business than just going to another company. Maybe not happening the, the same thing that happened to you. Maybe not repeating itself. Yeah. The the issue that I saw is that you would have to trust someone again. Mm -hmm. Trust someone that would say because even right now we're we're dealing with another situation where a friend of ours was at a company and the company seemed like it was fine, right? Like it's a company that, that we, we knew. And 
on Tuesday they laid off like 80, or they didn't even lay off, they closed the company. Mm-hmm. No warning, no nothing, just 80 people out of jobs from Tuesday to Wednesday. And it was a huge company. Imagine they have so many employees, it has to be a huge company, right? Mm-hmm. And no, no warning, no layoff time, no nothing, just we're out, company closed. And so I think that that was a big, like I thought in the future, and I'm saying, well, I'm gonna get another job. What prevents them from firing me? What prevents them from layoffs? What prevents them from doing anything in which I don't have any control over? Yeah, I, I, I hear you, and I'm with you. I don't know if I told you I've been with the same company for 16 years already, which I love. It's it's the best company ever. Um, and yeah, I mean, every year, or maybe every uh, period of time, layoffs happen, and we understand. That's the reason why I opened this business four years ago. It's extremely hard, but I also wanted to get another income. But if you notice kind of like the difference, it's like a safe path, having like a business on the side, then you're like, well, okay, well, let's call in on a business, which is great. But then I'm just trying to understand why is it that you did not go the route of, okay, let me invest in real estate, let me invest in, in crypto, like aside from that business of going yeah. all in. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, the, uh, the real estate took too long. Uh-huh. That's the reason I didn't do it because for what is it six to twelve months that you have to study for and everything, and I and I still don't understand why it takes so long. I still don't understand why you have to study for six months, um, and maybe it's a lot of information. I don't know, but I'm like, why can't I just you know skim through? There has to be a cheat sheet or something. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It, it just didn't make sense, and I don't want it to make sense for six to twelve months, right? And then um, I think more than anything, I I was ready to create. Well, at the company, I was a sales and marketing manager, right? And um, after I was, uh, after the company was acquired, I went to a conference, which was Grant Cardone, right? And then there was, a, there was one of his licensees or whatever that I was gonna get the conference to. He reached out to me and said, hey, um, do you wanna do some coaching? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, well, let's just do the first one for free, which if anybody ever says the first one for free, no such thing as a free lunch in business. You know what I mean? There's always something in the back end. So after I did the free one, he, he was actually really very good at what he did. So I ended up paying him. I paid him like five grand for like three months, which was insane because I had like no income, right? And um, and I ended up starting the business. And he's like, if you start the business, you get it as a write-off and then my fee basically goes back to you. So we started a business. Um, I didn't know, I'm, I'm not, how do I put this? You only know what you know. So sometimes it's a little bit better to be stupid, right? Than to be as informed as you think you need to be. Because if I would have known, hey, you know what, the going market rate for marketing is 500 bucks for social media management, that's what I would have charged. But I made some calls and I was like, hey, I'm gonna be doing this, do you want you, you want more info? And they're like, yeah, we'd love to do it, we think that like we need to do this. And I'm like, cool, they're like, what are you charging? I'm like, it'd be $1,500 a month. So within seven months, we were at like 90,000 um, a year. And I was like, damn. And it was just because of pure bliss and ignorance, right? So. It was one of those things where it's like, well, what kind of company do you want to start? And that's what he asked me. I made a list, and then out of all the lists that I made, it was like a landscaping and everything. I was like, I, I, social media is the one that sounds the easiest or the one that I would actually do and turn into a business. And so we started that, and I don't start things to start them. Like I know some people are like, oh, let's just start an LLC to, to write stuff off. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Let's start a business. So we started the, the social media company and then we started charging people. We didn't know what to charge. We charged them more than the going rate. People were paying it. Everyone was happy. So. Okay. Now that makes sense to me. A hundred percent. Especially because you were the face and you were like 
you were all in. You were like the, your, the uh, I mean, it was uh, your company. Like in, in my case, as I told you, I mean, I don't do hair at all. So it's just me being kind of like on the on the side, managing yes, yeah. the market and everything like that. But if anything happens to business, I mean, I still have my job, right? But the idea is eventually to go all in on something, right? I just wanted to kind of like to use it as a start. But then you're talking about this conference, how things, like the, the timeline, like, okay, I think I know what happened. He had that idea of, you know what, this is what happened. Then you had that thing happen um, at work and you're like, okay. And now with, with, with the coach, you're like, okay, this is the time. And again, like you said, Maybe me not knowing the failure uh, rate of business, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll make it happen, and it did work for you for a, um, I mean, it's still working, you're still in business, but I, I think I know exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about marketing hunters. Um, can you explain to me exactly what you guys do there? I know it's kind of like a, a social media company, marketing, branding. Can you just explain a little bit more of what exactly you guys do? Yeah, it's it's digital marketing, right? We, we've been slowly transitioning, I wouldn't say transitioning, but like, marketing is changing so fast right now that anything that we were offering before has to be different now because uh, organic reach was at an all-time low then it became an all-time high and now it's an all-time low again so for us to be like hey we're social media managers we would lose our job very quickly because people would be like there's no more results so I need ads and it's like okay well if I run ads for you then I'm probably not gonna be posting for you daily so that's not gonna work because people are only gonna be seeing your ads and they're, so we became digital marketers. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. That's that's the core umbrella of everything we do, whether that be branding, um, video content creation, whether that be outreach to get you onto podcasts, some PR that we might be able to do. But we basically create a strategy to get you to where you want to be. So you might be a business, you might be a person trying to build your personal brand, become a public figure. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. We have a strategy that we can help that will implement, that will get you closer to the goal of where you want to be. Okay. And... When did you open and when again did you move to El Paso? We opened in July of 2019, moved mm -hmm. into El Paso February 2021, is 2022. Is most of your customers in El Paso or they're from? They are now. Okay. Yeah, they are now because of the way that marketing has changed, right? Now it's mostly um, video content. And so it's really hard to do video content outside of El Paso or they would have to record and a lot of times they don't know how to record it. Okay, I see. All right, I want to ask you something when it comes to rejection, because you, you're in sales, right? You have to go pitch, let them know the, um, kind of like what you're into, kind of like what you can go and help them with, and I'm sure you get a lot of rejections, right? So how you deal with that? How you deal with someone like after you pitch, after you kind of like let them know, in and especially because you know you can help them, but then for some reason they're giving you just a no. Yeah, uh, it's funny because of the way that we present ourselves, we have people that ghost us but don't say no. I don't think anybody wants to say directly no to me because there's a certain level of like accountability and I feel like Grant Cardone might get this the same way where Grant Cardone says like, I'm the world's best salesperson. So imagine saying no to the world's best salesperson. There's almost like this pressure of like, well, he's gonna call me out on something, right? So I feel the same pressure almost sometimes from customers of saying like, oh, we'll, we'll let you know or something like that, but they won't give me a no because then they know I'm gonna be like, but I thought you wanted to do marketing. I thought you, this is exactly what you want. Cause I will, right? You know, I'm, I'm gonna tell them like, I thought this is what you, you said you wanted to do this. Why aren't you gonna do it, right? So um, I don't get that a lot, but even though I get- But even that, that goes, it's, it's, it's a rejection, rejection. Right? exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm just saying, I don't get like the cold hard no, because if I got the cold hard no, it would be a different, different conversation, right? But the rejection of being ghosted, I don't like rejection. I really hate rejection. So what I do is I try to minimize the rejection. So I have a really high closing rate for that reason. If I get a rejection, 
that's a no I literally go back and go through the whole thing and I'm like what did I do where did I say where did I lose them did I not ask them questions did I not do this they also said this I probably didn't do this the next time that somebody gets in front of me it's almost like guaranteed that they're going to say yes what if they say no like, cause I understand. It just, it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Wait, wait, wait a second. So wait a let's second. Say, let's say for every for every ten people that uh-huh. get in front of me, we close about seven. Wow. Okay. I should go work for you, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. Which, which which I understand, but then for those three, is it hard for you to deal with the rejection? Is it not? I, because you understand that you know, bro. I mean, we're just gonna move on and get more yes than no. No, by by hard is hard because I will have to break down the whole thing of why they said no. But it's not hard as in, like, we should quit, we shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. It's more or less, okay, was was the person somebody that I should have been in front of? Is the person somebody who had budget? If they had budget, did they go with someone else? If they went with someone else, what did we do? And it's basically having to take all that time, even though it might not be somebody that I have to spend the time with, right? And I'm getting better about this because a lot of times we have somebody who comes in, they say no, and I'm like, cool, it just wasn't an ideal client, let's move on. But there are a lot of people that I'm like, what was it? What was it? Where was I not good enough? What did we not say? Where did we not do enough convincing? Mm, I understand. Now, going back to the ghosting, I don't think that's only in business, by the way. The same thing I'll come across with, like, El Pasoans. At least I can talk to El Pasoans. We trying to be nice, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to say no. I'm really good at saying no, by the way. I'm good at telling you. You know what, Ruben? The fact is that I don't. Yeah. But... The fact is that most people are um, like, like the way up is like, I don't want you to think negative about me or, or I mean, you, you know all this, right? So when they ghost you, I'm trying to get at like, okay, because if I was in an industry that it's a lot of no's, bro, when people say no to me, which they don't, but as far as a podcast guest, mm-hmm. they just, I, I'm just left on red on my, uh, on my podcast. I'm like, that sucks. I wish they can tell me, you know, bro, right now it's not the time. I don't have to, something. Like, yeah. I'm okay with the no. But what, what it's not okay, at least in, in marketing, is bro, just say no. You know, yeah. like, why? Like, you don't have to explain to me why, but that way, at least I have an understanding, okay, well, maybe I need to do better, I need to get this, I need to get that going, because that ghosting helps nobody. Yeah. Not even you, because the fact is that you should be able to be okay saying no to people. Yeah, there's also a way that I've kind of become desensitized to it, because I know you said you want, like, the more tactical stuff, right? The easiest way to get desensitized to anything is basically just do more of that one thing. So I get left on read a lot on um, Instagram. I love DMs, right? And then uh, there's certain times where I go back to talk to someone. I'm like, oh, this mother effer never responded to me. And I was like, that's right. But I forgot about it for like two months because I, I literally I was just boom, 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 sending out messages. Um, I think I, for me, I think it's a, maybe a millennial thing or whatever. If you text me, you're going to get ignored. But if you send me a DM, you're going to get a response. I don't know why that is. Texts just seem like so much more commitment than a DM to be able to like open and left. You know what I mean? So um, it's one of those things where I'll DM probably 20 to 40 people a day wow. without even realizing it. Texting, maybe like five to seven. On like a very stressful day, 20. <laughs> you know but my dms like it could be a business transaction it could be just asking someone something i see stories i message like i'm just curious i would say a lot of times so i'll be messaging and that's how a lot of these situations come up with like hey do you want to be on a podcast do you want to be on a virtual summit do you want to be on a conference you it's just because i'm always messaging people i'm always keeping the lines like open to communication Nice. Talking about stress, how do you manage stress? As a business owner, I know a lot of times just putting out fires um, left and right. So you've been able to do this, I mean, for a very long time. Is there anything that you can share as far as uh, what works for you when it comes to... A lot of drinking. 
this isn't the 70s and I'm not Donald Draper you know uh, no uh, I barely realized this so I, I was I was having to learn one my triggers and then two the things that would bring me back to normal right so let's say that like I'm 100% good and then I have stress and then I'm down to 50 how do I get back to 100 as fast as possible right um, I, I don't know if this is the same case for everybody but it's the same it's the case for me if I have a really stressful day and I don't I'm not able to get back to 100 and normalize then I take that on to the next day and then eventually I end up like exploding right or screaming mm-hmm. or something like that so what I realized and I first started was I was like okay maybe some meditation but I'm not I wasn't disciplined enough to like just sit there and just or, or, like it just wasn't for me and then uh, sound bowls. I love sound bowls. Sound bowls will do a lot of good for me. But same thing. I just, I'm like, okay, I have to stop. I'm not a stopper. That's the problem. It, when I stop, I get bored or I'm like, I, I'm losing life right now, you know? So it wasn't until recently that I realized, and I had been going to the gym for about a year and I didn't realize that the gym was actually the therapy behind it, right? And it's not so much the lifting weights because I had gone to the gym before and I, I don't care about lifting weights. I, like I care now about looking good because it's more of an image of who I am and the discipline that I have than it is like the actual body that I have, you know what I mean? It's not just like to showboat, it's just like look in the room and be like, oh God, like I actually did this. Like I actually had the discipline to do this, right? So it's it's none of that that really gets my stress away. It's literally beating the hell out of a punching bag. And I think that it has to do more with the actual physical like manifestation of stress and tension and anxiety and having to take it out on something physically rather than just hey you know what i'm doing this like this is this is emotion you know what i mean it's emotion it's kind of like eating right it's like hey are you good with just like doing the the movement of the fork or are you good with actually putting in your mouth it's like no it's not until the food's in my mouth that i'm good you know so it's like i feel like stress and tension is very um challenging it's it, it takes a lot of energy mentally and physically from me so i feel it in my hands i feel it in my body and I think that my body needs to get that out somehow. So maybe I was a fighter in my past life. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you something that you might seem odd. But as you're, as you're explaining, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I might as well share this. Do you think you've got your, your life priorities in check? Do you think you know what you want? Not only in business, but more on a, like a, a, on a personal level. If you were to, someone wants to say, you know, you're going to die in a month. You, you think that you got your priorities in life or not? In a month, no. I'm sorry, that was the wrong thing. Just, just answer that, that that first part. You think you got your priorities in life? Uh, yes and no. I I struggle because you know how they say like know your why. Uh huh. It, it's hard to not say that your why isn't one thing and then be like, why do I even want that? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's like, oh well, no, I know my why. My my why is this, and I'm like, but why do you want that? And they're like, oh, because of this, and I'm like, but realistically, does that matter? And it's like, no. Because uh-huh. nothing really matters. Exactly. And so that's where I, I'm, I'm extremely logical, and uh-huh. it makes it really hard for me not to get depressed or, like, depressive over something because then I'm like, do I really even want that? Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't want it. It's that it, nothing matters. So that's And even if you want it, it's because it doesn't matter. I'm a little conflicted, yes. Okay. And, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm, I'm not into a subject, but I'll, I'll share this. might help me. might help someone. Mm-hmm. I'm the, the person that stresses the least. I do have moments, mm-hmm. but all, all, bro, I'm the happiest person I know. And I like to say that that's like the number one thing that I brag about. Not not my business, not money, not anything. You know what, I'm the happiest person. I know. Now, and if I try to break it down, it's because I have less stress than other people. What helps me is really understanding what my goal is. My goal is to be happy. 
And what I mean by that, I'm not, bro, trust me, I'm not the one that, oh, look at me, I'm always smiling. It's not that. It's fully understanding that I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And once I understand that, nothing else matters. So, yes, is there maybe moments that, oh, shit, like, I have to deal with this? Yes, but what helps me is, like, okay, let, let's step back. Does this really matter? Okay, is it health? Is it a health issue with your kid? No. Is it, are you going to die tomorrow? No. Then everything else does not matter. Mm-hmm. But because I really have that shit going, guess what? It helps me to cope with it, right? And again, you great that you have a, a way to deal with it. But what I, again, it's just a conversation. So just, what if you just can't go to the gym for some reason? Like, what's going to happen? Are you going to explode? So again, my, my suggestion is, like, okay, we'll find a different way mentally. I understand that that um, uh, that maybe different, the yoga and stuff, it's not as, as, as uh, helpful for you. But my recommendation is like, you know what? I think that it's just that your what your priorities are are not defined yet. Because once you really believe that you're gonna die, once you really believe that you're gonna die, then nothing's gonna matter. But if you don't, that's when okay, this shit, it's gonna matter. And again, I'm not saying short term because we all have pain short term. What I mean is like if this is something consistently that you have to deal with stress, anxiety, or like a way to let go then in my opinion is that maybe you don't have those priorities like really uh, in you. But again, sorry to go on a tangent here, but I just, I was just wondering that as you were explaining this process of yours. Yeah, I feel you. But I went, thank you for allowing me to speak my mind here. But uh, I do have a question when it comes to like going back to business. I know a lot of your, your customers, uh, why? Because they're in, the, your, uh, in your social media as well. And a lot of them are very successful. Like you, you have a tax person, you have solar, you have financial, you have the person, uh, the, the water softener, which I think is a really cool guy. But how are you able to not have shiny object syndrome? Because if someone was to come in uh, and talk to me about, oh no, real estate, I'm making millions. I'll be like, okay, well maybe I'm on the wrong business. Let me, let me, let me join you, right? Yeah. And then someone else comes with the tax, okay, the tax business or solar, okay. How are you not able to go ahead and, okay, well, let me, again, deal with the shiny object syndrome as far as trying to reach that? Well, I think I've seen so many people, especially here, that do multiple things, Mm -hmm. but they're not great at any of them. And so that's something that I've seen. And then also, you see it a lot with marketing. I've been around marketers that I started off with that they were digital marketers. Mm -hmm. And then they were talking about crypto talking about forex and then now they're talking about ai and it's like pick one you're just trying to find the one that's going to make you the most money but because you don't stick to any of them you're not known for anything and so i mean that's dude i I think that i'm going to be with the shark for a long time right The, the brand shark the whole theme behind it because it's something that's very easily to memorize it's something that like sticks with you so um if you look at if you look at any of the people who have made it big they all start off with something and then eventually they get to do what they want to do. Yeah. So I'm stuck with marketing. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing. Whether I like it or not, I'm stuck with it. Once I make it, then you can expand. But until you make it, it's all in on one thing. And so I think that most people don't understand that. You look at, um, you know, like even Bad Bunny, right? Bad Bunny started off and then he had flow those those two little lines that he had right here, right? Yeah. When he was bald or whatever. Made it big. Now he has his persona and everything but you become this thing, whether you like it or not, on the way up. 
because that's what people want to see you as that's what makes you memorable that's what like is going to get you where you want to be and i know that most people don't agree with that because they're like oh no authenticity and blah 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 and i'm like that's that's cool that's that's a way to be successful but it's not a way to be mainstream and so in order for you to become very very successful you have to stick with one thing that's why elon musk stuck with paypal until he sold it and then he went to the next thing and then he went to the next thing and then he went to the next thing and it's just the way that people operate it's not until you actually make it really big on one thing and you have a large amount of capital that you can actually start something else yeah that's pretty smart and that just shows you the discipline that you have and not only that but you believe in yourself to do it long term right because again yeah maybe we all have the same idea when we start but again, something happens down two, three months, six months, a year, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe that wasn't a thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm again um, very excited about today. Let me ask you about the El Paso community. Uh, what is it, uh, successful people, not successful people, what are some things that we share in common? What are some strengths, some opportunities? Can you talk about El Paso business community? So the El Paso business community, it's kind of, um, it's frustrating a little bit because you have I would say 10 to 15 percent of people who know what they're doing and then you have maybe 85 percent that don't and the reason that the 85 percent don't is because I think that there's this very competitive mindset here that it doesn't allow for anything other than competition so it's like you can't be competitive but also be looking on how to grow at the same time because it's conflicting it's almost like black and white right um, looking to grow is like positive competition is negative right so it's like how are you going to be able to help other people if you think that you have to help yourself and you can only win by helping yourself right um, and the reason that I say that is because like even with us I've seen this with us I copy a lot of people I never copy anyone from El Paso why because if I was copying from El Paso that would mean that I'm competing with you and then what did you do and then I'm doing this and blah 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 right so it's it's never gonna win because we're just taking from each other like people have already seen this and then I'm just gonna do it slightly better so I, I think that there's this lack of information more than anything of how can we all win right even though there might not be enough for us to win what if let's say there's 40 marketers here right how do we all get together so that that way maybe instead of like hey we're each of us gets a little pie here but now we find out how to develop our services and actually go outside of El Paso now we can do nationwide right most people just don't think that way and so the hard part is that how do you get people to believe that by helping someone else you're not going to take anything away from what you already have especially the established um, corporations right because a lot of the established corporations they don't want to work with anyone that they don't know and the reason that I've seen that they don't want to work with anyone they know is because what if I do something different that takes away from what I already have? They think that they're untouchable, right? But all it takes is one billionaire to come in here and wipe everybody out. And so that's, that's I think, the hardest thing with the business community is that we are fighting an uphill battle. But again, that's what presents opportunity is if you're willing to fight that uphill battle. So when, when it comes to the business community, I think that the way that I see it is there is a lot of room for improvement for anybody who doesn't get frustrated or upset and just decides to leave because of how frustrating or upset it is. How can we fix that in your opinion? It takes, uh, without sounding really egotistical, but it takes someone like me and people like me to come in here and say, we deserve better and we deserve respect and we deserve for other cities to see us with respect. 
and therefore it's not just about I'm not just going to help the El Paso community I'm going to help the El Paso community get it really strong and then start introducing it to other people and so that way people don't just see us as a small town so someone to show them the big picture right how we can all win right and little by little hopefully they can also jump on board is that what I'm hearing? little by little you hope that they appreciate it because nobody does it without appreciation Mm-hmm. Right? There's only two reasons that people are going to do something because it makes them feel good and for money. Mm-hmm. And so either eventually you start making money and if you're not making money, let's say that we don't make money on anyone in El Paso for the business community just to make it a better community in four years. What would we expect? Appreciation at least. So that's kind of the, the difficult part of it is that you do have some people who appreciate it, but very quickly people also forget. I really like that take. Uh, in my personal opinion, because I deal with a lot of like hairstylists, again, this is a hair salon, that are talking, they, they, they talk about maybe the place that they worked or how they mistreated them before yeah. or how their previous boss was bad to them or how they had to, how they were running business in a negative way, right? And to me, even though we might be talking about business, but it's not business, it's just the way people are. Right, and then the way they their action of business that kind of show shows how they are, but not no one in business or in any career, at least in my opinion, can be like a bad person in business, but it be a really good father. I don't think that's the case. I, I think it's all about this is the person, and in business because I'm this person, this is how I act. Right, so every time there's like one of those situations about maybe someone acting negative or something like that. It's not me like talking to them about their business. It's, you know what? Don't even don't even think about it. It's just them as a person. They're suffering right now, and yeah. that's the reason why they're showing this way. Yeah. Like their their true colors in business. So going back to as you were saying, like yeah, I can totally see that. But like, how can we fix it? And in my opinion, like yes, someone needs to show them. Hey, let's look at the big picture. But also like, hey man, how can I help you? What's going on in your life that you're missing something? that you want everything here that you can share the wealth, right? What's going on in your life first and then we can move on into yeah. business. Well, so uh, I know that this is gonna be controversial, but the whole support local thing. Oh, yeah. okay, we start. Yeah, so so here's the thing, right? I think that it, it, going back to that, we have to up our standards, right? So like you're saying like the, the person is usually the bad one, right? So I don't think that it's good to support people who are negative or bad, and I refuse to. I refuse to, and I think that that goes to the support local, is we have to up the standards, right? Like we all say, hey, we want really nice places here in El Paso, and then you have places like, for example, you have the Melting Pot and Sushido, and you have um, Anson 11, and you have Condensa now, and you have, uh, what is it, Pantera, mm-hmm. um, and you have all these restaurants that are starting to open up that are very nice, mm-hmm. right? And then you have these smaller restaurants, which sure, they're, they're, they've been here for a long time. But if the standard is, for example, I went to this place and I'm, I hate to blast them for it, right? I'm big on water. And I'm sure a lot of people here are big on water. You might not have a lot of drinkers, right? You might have people that are healthy that are like, I don't want Pepsi, I don't want soda. I just want water when I go to a restaurant. The place had amazing food. It had good smoothies, right? I think it's called Healthy Bite. No, not Healthy Bite. Um, it's one that's right by before Andale when you're going down that street. And they have really good smoothies. But when they brought me the water, it was tap water. And the, the water from El Paso, the tap water is horrendous. Like you can taste the chlorine as soon, like before you even drink it, you can smell it. And I said, one of the standards for me is I am a water drinker. And if you're serving me tap water and you're charging me more than $10 to sit down and eat here, I'm not going to support you. 
And so I haven't gone back. And here's the thing is like, we want, we want nicer things and we want better business. We want all these things, but we keep supporting people who don't deserve to be supported. And so that's where I believe that there is a, a, a second part to this, which is like raise the standard and help people understand we're not going to support bad business, whether that be that you don't pay on time, whether that be that you're not invoicing correctly to people, right? You still want everybody to cash up or sell you or something like that, right? Um, that you're serving bad water, that your food, even though people are on lunch for 30 to 45 minutes, that you're bringing in an hour, an hour and 15, right? That you don't have enough servers or waitresses, or whatever. All these things, there's somebody who is willing to do them. That's why we have these nice restaurants now because people are saying, I'm gonna invest and people are gonna come and they go. So why should we keep supporting people who don't deserve to be supported? Just because it's local? I don't think so. Senor, 100% with you. I don't know if I told you there was that only two clips that I have been in. That's exactly my point. And now that we're talking about it, I this my business has been open for four years. Yeah. And I post on a daily basis when we're open, right? Never hashtag support local. Again, if somebody else, it's just my opinion, it's your opinion. Of course, everybody has a different opinion on what that is. But even that Walmart or that Albertsons, it's local, man. Somebody from El Paso depends on that check. Yeah. And there's a high chance, like my competition is uh, Great Cliffs, uh, like all of those. Those are also local. They're franchises, uh, but guess what? They're people from El Paso that live on tips, that maybe the person that opened that, and, and just because you support local, what's gonna happen to that person in Walmart? There's a high chance that at Walmart, they are gonna be treated better, that employee I'm talking about, like with help, with benefits, than maybe someone it's not. And by you having that mentality that to support local, you're like, wait, 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 if you live here in El Paso, that's local, so shut up, it's local and that's it. Right now, if maybe you don't see it, what's gonna happen now when, let's say, my hair salon we do really well, and now we open all the entire the yes. entire world? Like, are you gonna stop supporting me? Man? Oh no! Right now, I had this conversation with Cinta de Oro. We we first talked about that, and he made a really good point. When people talk about that, uh, I'm not into support local just because you're local. Because there's some people that don't deserve to be uh, supported. There are some really people in El Paso, El Pasoans born and raised that are just bad people for business that mistreat yeah. their employees. And are you just gonna support local? No. Now, what Cintayoro said, and it was really cool, he said, let's support uh, movements and people. Yeah. Now, like, fuck yeah, that, that's the approach. I'm not saying, like, support a movement in El Paso, we're trying to grow, we're trying to, to again, open up this nice restaurants. Hey, maybe they struggle that one day that you, they didn't have 100% great service, but you know what, let's give them another chance because they're trying to elevate dining in El Paso. It's a movement now, yeah. right? It's not only supporting local or support a person that you guys know that, hey, he's trying. Maybe one day someone comes to my hair salon, we're not able to give them great service, but hey, give me that feedback first of all. Yeah. Then come again. You're supporting a person, not local, yeah, exactly. bro. You're supporting someone that you know that says que le está echando ganas, bro. Do you speak Spanish, by the way? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I never heard you speak Spanish, by the way. But that's 100% with you. So hopefully, we can change that mentality, that support local, because everything in El Paso is local, one way or the other. And what, like, the ultimate goal is support movements and people. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've noticed that any company who's struggling, and that's why, like, one of our unsaid... Uh, what is it called? Uh, one of the things that we look for when we're working with people, the values, mm -hmm. right, is people that know how to win, okay? And that means that your company's not struggling. 
if your company's struggling, we won't work with you. Because what ends up happening is that with the same thing like with those whole support local, if you're struggling in business, it's not because people aren't supporting you, it's not because of marketing, it's typically, I mean, sometimes it's the location. If you're like 50 miles out of El Paso, who's gonna go for you, right? But it's the person that's running it. And so if you are a bad leader, like you said, you're, you're mistreating uh, your employees, um, you are have too long wait times, it's usually an internal problem that is leading to customers not coming back. Mm -hmm. And so when you have an internal problem, that means that me going and spending money is not going to help or solve your business. You are just, you're, you're slowly going down a hill unless you know how to fix it. So like you said, si le echan ganas, that means that they're actually trying, which means that you have a good leadership quality. But without good leadership, there is no point in trying to save your shitty business. I like that. I don't know if you saw this quote from FitFam. FitFam, this happened like uh, more than a year ago. There was this place, sandwich place downtown, that they were like posting like, hey guys, let, let's support local, let's support this place because they're closing down. Drax. Uh, that, what? Drax. I didn't want to name oh, whatever, yeah. that, that's fine. But I'm like, no bro, I'm, like, I'm a local business owner. But you're absolutely right. The reason why people don't go, is not because they don't support local. There is a, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, management, marketing, something else. But if they need to go out of business, guess what? That's a lesson that they need to, again, my business included, right? The way. But if you just now bring in money because support local, then I'm thinking I'm doing good things, right? And everything's working out. And if for some reason I fail, oh, it wasn't, I didn't do nothing wrong. It was just because people didn't support my, 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 uh, the support local stuff. Like, oh, bro, that's not it. There was something else, but again, people helping you out, it's not really helping you out in the long term. And I'm glad we agree on this, and we might get some stuff. Um, but hopefully, um, everybody agrees and again understands that the reason behind it we're seeing long term and for the best of obviously the business owner as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, Senor. Uh, as far as some local El Pasoan business people, who impressed you the most? Let's talk about some people that you really like about El Paso uh, that have a business here in El Paso. Yeah, that's a really good one. Okay, so. Man, that's a really good one because like I can only think of my customers. <laughs> no, uh, so there's there's one guy. His name is uh, Michael Sarabia. The reason that I really like him is because he's born and raised in El Paso, and um, I don't know if you saw them revive revive mobile health revive medical. They used I to think go by so. That. Yeah. Yes. So they they're an ambulance company now um, in El Paso. There's three or four. No, there's only three, and they became the fourth one, and it's been a monopoly, right? Uh, the guy has a huge business even before that. He has another business that he started, which was Elton's, the Dueling Piano Bar. And a lot of the times, the people that I've met here that have very successful businesses either are not originally from here and eventually moved here, or they were from here, moved to another place, and then moved back. Michael is never moved and was born and raised in El Paso. So he is complete anomaly. And I'm like, wow, I don't understand how you got your mindset, how you were able to, to move so fast, so quick, how you have the ambition, the drive, and you don't have like the, like the mentality. So that was one person because you don't see that a lot. Like I haven't met a lot of people that are business owners that have not left El Paso only to come back and do something different. So that was one of them. Um, man, you're just really gonna put me on the spot like this, huh? Again? Yeah. It, I mean, I, obviously, like I have, um, I don't know if you know Marcos Ramirez from Taxow. Um, 
he same thing. I, he's kind of from here. He's kind of from Cruces. You know what I mean. But same thing. Um, he, you know, we, we talk a lot, or we talked about how not to get shiny object syndrome. Marcos is one of the only people that I've seen that he went from, um, you know, they were doing like accounting, and then he started doing this tax thing, and then now he's doing solar tax, and like consultations and stuff like that. And what's funny about him is that it's not shiny object syndrome. He just he finds a niche and then he goes smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and it works for him which is still saving people money but but it's like now he's yeah he went from people to businesses to solar companies to now helping solar companies make the customers more money and he's so good at that he's so good at most people would say like well i found a niche and then I did really good in the niche. Let me go find another niche. He goes, let me find the niche within the niche within the niche. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never, I, I, I myself have been unable to pick a niche because I feel like we can help pretty much everybody. And I mean, if you look at our portfolio of customers, like we do, like we really tailor it to, to work for anybody. But yeah, that would I would say he's not. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now let's talk a little bit about networking. You're big into that. You have created several events. One which I attend. Well, actually, I attended two. Thrive in your city. Back in the day, the the, the one we talked about, and then the most recent, which is the moment I was only able to attend um, for half day. But I, like again, I respect so much kind of like the movement what you're trying to create. Let's talk about a little bit about networking in those events. What the purpose what was? What you learned from it? What were some of the things that you would change? Let's talk about those events for a little bit. Yeah, so the reason that we do them is because of, well, there's there's a few things. The first one that we did was because there was a lack and there was a need. That's what we heard, right? We heard nobody's doing events and nobody's really putting on anything. And, and maybe you might be able to tell me, before the first drive in your city, was there anything like that in El Paso? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like, to answer your question, yes, but I can also see, like, like, was there often, was it like a thing? For example, I relate your company with that. Oh no, this is someone that consistently is trying to bring that. Okay. There, well, I, I didn't know like before that, but of course there were so many. Okay, so, so we heard, uh, there's nothing like this right mm-hmm. now. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do that. And so the first one was not meant to be an experience. It was just meant to be something different, okay? Then the second one that we did, it was a panel. And I, I only want to do a networking event, but John's like, no, people want to go there to learn. So we did a panel. And we got people that usually you don't hear from, like Maggie from Salt and Honey, like she was there. And we did Chelsea from Chugo Relic. We had uh, Revive. We had uh, Global Containers, and then there was me. And so we did we did that one. And um, I was like, you know what? <laughs> we had heard this. I was like, people from El Paso like to drink. Okay. That's what Let we heard. Hide my beers here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. So so no, that's fine. But <laughs> that's what we heard. So I, I told them I was like, okay, let's just do uh, a hosted bar. And uh, for two hours, unlimited drinks, right? So we did we did half of the event, and then after that, we did like uh, an hour of drinking. We went back to the event, went back, and then everybody had a great time. We actually had like some extra leftover bottles. We gave them as gifts, and that was the whole purpose of that one was just to like give more of a warm experience to everybody, right? So that that way it wasn't just like you came and and you had like watch people uh, speak, and then that was it. Like now let's show everybody a good time. Let's make sure that they mingle, introduce people. So then the third one that we did that one was at lost and found and I was like dude for this one let's make it more of a party uh, uh, deeper setting right like with the lights off um, still kind of a hosted bar but let's start introducing people to each other grabbing them making sure that people make money off of each other so that, that way it's even more beneficial super cool the music was cool the vibe was cool everything was cool everybody thought it was awesome right so we're just kind of progressively even getting better and then we did 
um, the Thrive in Your City, the holiday edition, which that one was super cool. And then we themed that one to be around like, you know, um, Christmas and we rented the Grinch and we had the, 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 uh, the dancing, the singing, like it was just a great time. Again, like it's, we're starting to get more into like the experience of things, right? And so um, before I get into the conference and how, cause that one's a little bit different, we're doing now the casino night one, which is uh, this Thursday, the 21st. And that one is the same thing. It's meant to be, you know, not real gambling, but have something different where people are able to gamble. We're gonna have prizes, we're gonna have tickets. You put the tickets in the fishbowl, you might win a prize. A lot of, a lot of networking, we have our sponsors, we have um, different sponsors who are, um, we, we have more uh, service-based industries. So now we have a lot of business owners, service-based industries, more money, more partnerships, more collaborations, realtors that can put their services. And so everybody helps everybody. And so, um, and we're doing it at the Chihuahua Stadium and it's gonna be rented out only for us. They're gonna have the windows open. It's just a massive, it's a massive opportunity for people to experience something different when it comes to business. Because obviously we go to the Chihuahua Stadium to have fun and just, you know, spend a ton of money and get drunk because it's a Chihuahua's game. But how often do you get to see it in a really nice, like, calm setting where you can actually uh, appreciate the, the stadium and not so much just be messed up the whole time? I like that. Anything on the moment? That was a big thing. I also I heard you either lost money or, bro- or just broke even, which broke is even. great, by the way. I'm like, okay, this is someone that it's investing. Like, it's not about, let me let, let me um, make some quick money here. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, $65,000 is what it cost. And um, I still haven't made it all back, but I think I'm on like 63000 so at the end of it, I'll be like at 67. But it's still in the green, right? Like there was still more more, more positive than negative. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the main positive thing is like that anytime that you run an event. Um, and what's cool is that like for this this one that we have, the Thrive or whatever, I might make money. Maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. but I might make money. And the reason is because I, I've conditioned people, and this is an El Paso thing, of everybody buys their ticket at the last moment. Right now, we're a week uh, away, and I think we only need about 30 tickets to sell out, which is great, because usually that happens within like two days before the event. But I set ticket tier prices, like first week is gonna be 20 bucks, and then the second to fourth week is gonna be 30, and then the week of, you're gonna be paying $50. And so everybody knows now, get your ticket, right? Because it's like, if I'm putting all this risk, I need you to go. So with the moment, that event was meant to be a business conference, and it was meant to be a conference that was not half-assed, because I don't believe like that anything should be half-assed, right? Like if you're gonna do something, might as well do it. Like if you're gonna lose money, like you already committed to doing it, like stop trying to half-ass stuff. So we did a business conference. Um, me and John have been to a lot of business conferences. So we're like, let's do something that you would see in a big city here. And I think that people will appreciate that and they won't even know what they're in for, right? And sure enough, we had the lasers, we had the lights off, we created this whole perception of like this huge conference. We had the big banners on the side, we had the banners on the thing, we had the, the sparklers, um, the cold sparklers when people went up. And um, you know, we had the, the step and repeat, which I don't think people were expecting, the red carpets, the LED walls, the sponsors, like it was everything. It was literally everything. And I think that we wowed and amazed and really going back to the vision, showed people that El Paso, it is possible here. That it is possible to do something large scale and that everybody else has just been half-assing it. Yeah, and especially when you bring people, the, the people that you brought from out of town, of course they start noticing El Paso and they tell their friends. And of course we, we try to make this bigger, which again, um, I've only been to two of those events, which I think it's great. I'll give you some feedback that John asked for, but now the boss is here, so I might as well. Uh, 
let you know. And again, this is just maybe might help you. If not, don't even worry about it. But like those networking events that you put up, it's great for a type of person that it's really good at, hey, tell me your name, what you do, okay? And they're really good at making that connection. There's some of us that even though I'm not shy or, or like I am an 8%, but I don't like to like just approach people, tell me what you do, like again, yeah. I understand, but they get more value. What I really want as a business owner, especially back then driving the city that I was a struggling business owner, right? What I wanna do is uh, have a networking event uh, that it's a, a workshop, like something, sit me in the table with four people that have business, uh, like that are also business owners, and let's talk about my pain. Like, what is it that I'm working on? You know what, I need more customers. Hey, I have struggle with social media. Like, I wanna get feedback from these people. Like, I'm obligated to talk and tell you my strengths, my opportunities, and I wanna get the perspective and feedback from four or five other people from this table. Right, and, then, and and again, after 30 minutes, after an hour of talking to five people, now it comes normal to exchange numbers, to really reach out. But me just meeting with you at a, a, a conference, and hey, what's your name? No, okay, well that's great. Well, call me when you need anything, here's my card. Am I really gonna have that confidence of, hey, um, hey, hey man, can you help me with this? If I'm a certain person, yes, and I, again, I know that's not your fault, but if I'm not, like, hey man, can you also help me out if I don't have that personality? And that's kind of like the feedback that I gave. Um, John is like, if possible, I understand, like maybe it's just my opinion, but man, I want like to talk about my problems and for four people to hear me. And again, maybe that half day and the next half day, do whatever you want. But like as a business owner, struggling business owner, bro, help me out. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me reverse engineer for you, right? Go and for the, it. Then the, the reason that most people don't do that is because if you get five people in a room that are struggling, you need to charge them because if not, like you're losing out, right? On like that 30 minutes that you could have put into another event, right? And so let's say, okay, well, let's let's not charge them then, right? Then what are we gonna do? We have, we have to do it somewhere free. So then the experience isn't there. So now we're just getting people in a place without an experience to go and talk about their problems and somebody around the table has to help them because if they're all having problems that means that they're going to look for some person who has solved those problems and if that person isn't getting paid then how does it make it worth for that person right so then at that point it just becomes well maybe we just get more people in the table because then at that point then you could actually have someone that could buy your service but if everybody's struggling then they probably can't afford your services you see what i'm saying so it's like you have this like reverse engineered loop that's where like the networking makes sense for a lot of people because even if I lose money but I get 155 people in the room, it solves the problem of I, I, it was on me to meet as many people as I could. But other than that, you're really talking about a masterminds. And then going back to the issue with the masterminds is they, co they, they cost a lot because they're meant for smaller groups of people. Okay, which I haven't been. Now let me tell you this. Um, I will pay a lot of money to that. I'm not gonna say thousands of dollars, yeah. but now when we say five people, not all five people have a problem. Like I'm really good at marketing, I'm really good at advertising, I'm really, I graduated from marketing, advertising and all that. Like, but maybe like someone else needs to hear from me. It doesn't mean I have all my shit together, right? First yeah. of all, I'll pay, and second of all, like now I get someone from real estate that will help me like, well like, let me, let me give a for example. I'm struggling right now hiring people, mm -hmm. right? Everything else is really good, I'm in the greens. Like I just want to hear from Ruben from this table, if maybe you can curate the table, like okay, you know what, let me get someone from real estate, not more than th two, three, someone from a, an actual shop that is open, like a business, uh, brick and mortar, like and then being curated, like okay, you can go ahead and maybe do that. 
will I pay for sure yeah at the same time I'm not saying that someone has to be an expert in all fields because no one is I think um, and again that's just something that will help out at least the type of person that I am yeah that I and again I know it's a nobody's fault it's like bro well maybe you need to step it up and, and ask for your issues of course yeah. I know that I'm the number one responsible but if someone asks me for a picture that yeah. might be something that can help me well I, w I would like to shed light on this because I think that there's such a, a negative sorry there's such a negative viewpoint when it comes to masterminds and paying for stuff mm -hmm. like this right and so I, I want people to understand why it's charged mm -hmm. for this type of stuff right because um, most masterminds will cost about 500 to two thousand dollars that's that's low end if you go really high you're looking at like ten thousand dollars a month or something like that which is insane but you're looking at about 500 to uh, to two thousand if I have never done a ma even though we do thrive in your city and we do all these events, if I've never done one before I will probably end up at five or ten people and I'm gonna have to beg people to show up because most people are gonna be like, well, I have that problem, but you've never done this before and what can I expect? And so it's like this yeah, reverse, yeah, yeah. it's this reverse problem of trying to convince people for something that you know will work. And that's kind of what we saw with the Moment Conference. We were trying to get to, I think, originally 500 people and we ended up getting to 412 people registered, 360 people showed up and rotating we had about 320 to 360 the whole time because we had to convince people on a concept we've never done. So as a business owner to run a mastermind, you have to almost know that the first one you're gonna take a loss on, but there actually is a way around this, which is a brotherhood. And, I, and I'm sure that there's a sisterhood as well, but I'm a man and I, I, somebody actually asked me, they're like, you should run a, a women's conference. And I'm like, I'm a man, it doesn't make sense for me. Logically, I can't make sense for it. I know that people would appreciate it, but if there's a woman and they want my help, then I would do it. But the, the way that there's around it is basically if you're a woman, there's a sisterhood, and for if there's men, there's a uh, uh, brotherhood, right? And the reason that it works for what you're talking about is because it's a business brotherhood. And then at that point, you're like, okay, maybe I wouldn't pay to go and talk about my problems, but I would go to talk around men who are successful in their business, but then the, the, the whole proof of concept is like every person who's joining is making over 100000 a year and has a business. Then you're like, ooh. Yes, because I'm even even if I don't get the business advice, now I have somebody who's a badass and is a man in business, and maybe I can talk to them about something else. That's the loophole that I found that works the best when trying to make these things because you get a double benefit versus having to wonder what am I going to get out of it. Yeah, I like that. And also, I realize that most people are 100% okay with just going, meeting people, just exchanging a card drinking at a bar and that's perfect for them. Again, I'm just saying like maybe for a different type of personality, which maybe I need to change the person when it comes to networking, um, that maybe I need to be more open or more. Uh, you know, I think I think there's there's a gap. I think there's a gap for, for like a mastermind, like a brotherhood in El Paso for sure. All right, well, well sure you <laughs> have to All right, so you're specializing in branding, yes. right? Before we move on to a different subject, can you give some business owner, uh, business owner some branding tips uh, some things that can help them out when it comes to branding. Yeah, so branding is just a really long-term investment. So for one, I think you have to get the mindset right of like, what can you do today to make sure that you get a sale 12 months from now when you might really need it or when it's actually profit, right? And so that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, where are you taking shortcuts that people can notice? What, uh, explain that. So most people will say, I have $5,000 in profit, I'm gonna keep it as profit where can you spend some of that on marketing to improve your brand, right? Because the way that you improve your brand is when you market it, right? So let's say that you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna buy a suit, right? To improve the brand so that whenever I go out, 
now people think that I, I look really good and I'm presentable and that I'm making money. That's the perception I want to give of the brand. Mm-hmm. What good is it for you to buy the suit if you never wear it out? The suit is the brand, but going out is the marketing. So a lot of people don't really think of what can I do to improve the brand. Something physical, like let's say you're a burger shop, right? And let's say that you have um, you know, uh, outdated tables, right? That are just like yellow tops. They look like they're from the 70s. How much would it cost you to replace those tables with something maybe a little bit more modern that would get people maybe that were younger to come in, right? What would it take you to make stuff more Instagrammable, right? And so those are the branding things that people don't do. How much would it cost you to buy a camera versus do things like on a phone, right? If, especially if you're like a content creator, right? People are gonna notice. It just improves the way that you look. Does it do anything additional for views? It might not. But if somebody sees it, does it make them go, wow, maybe I should pay a little bit more? It might. So those are the things that people don't always consider because they always think, oh, I just need to put more money into ads. You don't need more money in ads. You need to improve the things that once the ads are seen, they actually make them believe that they should either be going there more often or paying more or that they should be telling their friends about it. But most people just want to be seen more. They don't really care about all these other intangible things that say, oh, no, I want to know what this is. And therefore increasing the value of your brand. Great. Any other uh, tips, suggestion that you have for people that are working on their brand? I would say that try to emotionally attach to people as well. What do you mean by that? So, uh, I, I like nostalgia is a really great example, right? If you can make anything, like we'll go back to the burger shop or something like that, right? If you if you have all these burgers and then on 915 day, which just passed, right? Like 915, you have a 915 burger. Is there a chance that people will relate to that and buy that burger on that specific day? Absolutely, because you're in the place where it happens, right? Let's say that you had, you know, uh, what's what's the one that closed down? It's not Western Playland, but there was a, an amusement park that you guys had here a really long time ago, like in the 90s, it closed down. Okay, let's just skip that because I have no idea. Okay, well, let's assume that we know what it is, right? Yeah. But let's say that you knew what that was and you called a burger after that place. Would people buy it? Would they be interested? Yes, because you're attaching emotionally to people. Let's say that you have, um, for example, a, 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 what's it called? Um, the Torialos, right? Like you have mm-hmm. Torialos, and then you're like, you have a Torialos burger. Like you're, you're hitting on all these emotions of what people grew up here with, right? And so when you're able to do that, you're able to almost force people to want to be like, you know what I really want right now? Like I want a 915 burger, but they only sell on 915 day. And so they might start messaging you or you're buying and bringing it back. Like it doesn't have to be 915 day because we're technically 915. And so like you get all these like different ways of attaching with people in a way that most people just think it's a burger, it's a product, it's a place, but can you make it more than that? Can you make it into something that people actually get attached to and that they have to go back to because only you can provide and only you gave them that memory? Should every business owner be the face of their business? For example, when we think about marketing hunters, of course you're the face, you're the one that, that is making uh, content, of course it's a lot to do because it's a, a marketing, networking, branding company. But like in my case, I own a hair salon, which I don't do hair. I'm just here being a cashier and I just sweep them up basically, yeah. right? So am I being kind of, and I'm asking this because when I started this business, I kind of like, maybe I can be like a car salesman. Hey guys, come to my hair salon because you know what, and be the face of that. Yeah. But then I quickly realized that I didn't want to do that. Is there value in being the face of your business? There, There is value, but you don't have to do it, right? Like we'll just start there. It's, that's what branding is. Branding is a long-term investment. It's never a short-term investment, right? Unless you go viral or something like that. That's really the only time. But if you right now, 
were to sell this hair salon, right? And you were to start something else, would it be difficult for you to start the thing that you're starting the next time? It might be a little bit difficult because not enough people have seen or heard about it unless it's walk-in traffic, right? But if you had walk-in traffic plus social media, would it be a little bit easier if people knew your face? It would be easier. And so that's the only reason that people do it. That's the reason why Elon Musk is the face of his company now is because anything that he starts, he just goes, oh, that's an Elon Musk Oh, that's an Elon Musk Oh, that's an Elon Musk So you're able to compound what you're able to do because now you have all this influence that you take with you on everything that you do. How, that, that, that's a really great advice. But let me ask you, that, that's a, an excellent example. Like Elon Musk wasn't like building uh, branding on PayPal. He wasn't saying, oh, look at my product or look at Tesla. How was he able to set up his branding? No, so that so again, that's that's the reason why you do it long term. It doesn't so you're you've been successful without doing it, right? I, I want to say yes. Yeah, because you're you're able to be successful without doing it, but it's just are you able to take that influence with you after you're done? And so that's the key takeaway. Now let's say that you sell this business for a million dollars. Could you build influence with a million dollars? Absolutely. So there's not really much with that. But let's say that I have my company, Marketing Hunters, right, and I grow it to fifty thousand dollars a month, and then they end up I end up selling it for two hundred fifty thousand because I'm like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Could I build a brand on two hundred fifty thousand? It'd be kind of hard. That's not enough money. It's going to run out very fast. But if I had sold Marketing Hunters, could I sell it for that same valuation of two fifty? Could I sell it for five hundred thousand now more because more people know about the business because I grew it that much? Yes. Plus, then if I started now a hair product company, could I grow it because I have all that influence as well? Very easily. So it's it's always a long-term game. It doesn't mean that branding is going to impact you in any way to not be successful. It just fuels it a lot faster once it takes off. I like that. I like that 100%. And when I think about it, like as far as your brand, that's the reason why I reached out because I want to talk to you because your brand, again, we don't know each other prior to today, at a personal level is that you know this is someone that brings a lot of value like the content uh again business and non-business content so you're you're spot on yeah. thank you so much and i and i hope to make a pomade one day just so you know that that example was an actual example of what i'm trying to do so okay that's perfect by the way now that you're talking about that i am selling a hair salon it's a million dollars so <laughs> thank you for that. so you know, i have different topics i i, I want to get um, your opinion on um when i see a lot of posts i'm like oh this guy you and i we, we think alike but there's some others that I want to discuss with you. Let's talk about work-life balance. Okay. You, I know you've been vocal about this. Uh, in the conference, they talk about this, and I think people have different approaches on this. I want to hear yours, and I definitely want to, uh, your opinion on what my approach is. Is there such thing as work-life balance? Uh, no, and I, and I even read it. I can't remember what book it was, but basically it was saying that you you have this perfect straight line, right? If, if you were perfectly work-life balanced, you'd be on this line. But what ends up happening is eventually you start going this way, right? Which might be more work. And it's like when you catch yourself, then you might start going this way. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, am I, am I, am I lifing too much, right? And then you're like, okay. But then work starts pulling you back because if you do this one too much, then all of a sudden there's nothing left, right? And so then it's like you're constantly in this like flow of going back and forth, just whether or not you're able to catch yourself fast enough so that that way you don't actually self-destruct. Okay. So is there such thing as that? Not, not a perfectly balanced 50-50. Mm -hmm. Because the take that I have heard from all these Instagram gurus, uh, YouTube gurus, is that there's not. Like, you have to, if it's work, you have to make it happen. And then, of course, if it's uh, life, yeah. you also have to make it happen. So, it's it's kind of like the thing of 
the what's going on at least in my perception is that there's no such thing as that what i hear a lot is you know what you just have to stick to it and if your wife needs to be on board if not guess what let's get on a new wife so i don't i don't believe in that what i really think it is is just how much you're trying to accomplish right so um you look at elon musk and jeff bezos and them work-life balance not really on the way up and then elon musk the thing that i respect him the most for is not like the influence and everything it's how he's willing to go back to zero all the time and so like twitter right um it's very easy for somebody to go like no i'm backing out it was too much money i thought it was this much that dude even though he's not liquid 54 billion right he had to sell stocks he had to do whatever he needed to do so it's like most people are like oh but he still has 200 billion left and it's like nobody has 200 billion like it's all in different things that dude is probably living paycheck to paycheck or he's having to like live on a specific amount because nobody just goes oh i have 250 billion let me just have the government take it for me so he's having to do stuff that dude is willing to go back to zero and that dude if you look at how much he works and how much he makes everybody else work you're able to see why it is that he works so much is because the goal that you're trying to accomplish and how much you have left so i think that the less that you have and the more that you're trying to do the less the work-life balance you're going to have and the more work that you're going to be doing because if not, you're never going to get to where you want to be. As much as you want to hire people and do everything, the bigger the goal, the more it's going to require of you, whether you want it to or not. Because as much as you want to say, I can hire somebody to live on my goal for you, they're never going to see it the exact same way. So there's going to be a drop-off. And if you want there to be no drop-off, you're going to have to do it yourself. Nice. Let me give you my take on it. I think that everybody, including Gary Vee, Elon, everybody has work-life balance at a 50%. It's just that we uh, define work differently. Let me give an example. Gary Vee, just to you, like someone that, that, that people know, I think that life for him is working, right? I don't think that we, like for the, the majority of people, uh, they see work as something bad, negative, that they don't want to do. That's the reason why they took, oh, don't work so much. Like, don't do the things that you don't like as much. Make sure your life. But that's life for them. The fact is that they don't know how to spend three weeks doing nothing. So guess what, bro? No, you, what you consider work, that's your life. So there's definitely a balance. You may think that your work, work, no, but that's a balance. And I think everybody, Cardone, for example, that, no, bro, that's your life. Like you talking, being this, no, it's not working for you, right? Yeah. And again, I think everybody has work-life balance uh, because we find a way to do it. What, what we mean is like when we want a vacation, like the things that m most people call like relaxing, you have to get that. I really doubt that Elon, for example, is 80% of the time like, fuck, I really don't want to work today, but I have to because I need to have a brand to keep up. No, he enjoys it. That's his life. And because of that, work is not work. It's life for him. So I think that in my opinion, it's just everybody has the same thing. Uh, that that just that we call it differently or we don't understand that bro maybe you're wired a little bit different and that's life for you but you do have that balance you do have that balance because you do have like the the things that maybe are outside when you clock in but then when you clock in you enjoy doing that as life and because of that you have a perfect balance in your life interesting interesting take that take some notes, sir. <laughs> all right so let's go into a different topic now and this is one recent, by the way. You, I don't know if you, I'm not gonna say you started into a fitness lifestyle recently because, I mean, since I seen you, I mean, you, you, you seem like a, someone that that, um, that uh, keeps in, in shape. But this is something that I agree with you as well as posting things 
publicly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in the mindset of, hey, don't say anything. Uh, work in silence. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you want to label that. Work in silence. Nobody needs to know until you make it happen. And one of your posts, recent posts, is like, no, make sure that you tell people what you want to do. Yeah. Give us a little bit on that, because I share exactly your same opinion, but I'm sure you're going to say it better than I. Yeah, so I, I actually it was Cardone. Cardone brought up, it's funny because Cardone is one of those people that will simplify their message a lot to where you don't think that you're getting the actual answer even though he's giving you the answer. And it was a, it was a two minute video and he was saying in order to change, you need two things. You need to want to change and you need to tell people about it. And that stuck with me. And that's what it's always been about. And basically the whole concept is the more eyeballs that you have on you and everybody's like, oh no, I don't care what people think and I'm not egotistical. It's like, shut up, dude. Like honestly, I wish people would just be real with themselves because unless you have like a million or a billion dollars, and even then I think people still care like, oh my gosh, should I be wearing this? Like, is this ring dumb? You know, did my hair, is it right? Like everybody cares about what everybody thinks, even on the smallest scale. So when you put something publicly out there, you are ashamed to not do the thing that you say you're going to do because you have all these people that you just told. And so as much as I I really wish, like, especially if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, no, I don't care what people think, just cut the bullshit. Yes, you do. And if you don't, go ahead and public some big goal and see if it makes you feel weird. Because if it makes you feel weird, it means that you care what people think. And so I think it's more about reverse engineering the reality of what we are psychologically which is we are people who care about what other people think and using that to our advantage versus our disadvantage i like that a hundred percent now it also um like I'm, I'm with you like in the sense of working silence that just bs a way to cop out of in case you don't do that exact mentality shit because i see that like, working silence for people and that to hate on you no if i have a project let's say I have a project of making a million dollars in my hair salon. if i don't do it Trust me, it's not going to be because of people hating on me. Or is it because I told people about it? No, it's going to be because of me. Something, my strategy, my marketing, my hiring. I was not able to do something right that I was not able to make it happen. Not because I was telling people. Like, no one successful has said, the reason why I made this happen was because I told no one about it. Because I was quiet. Because I didn't want the NVIDIA. I have a really good take on NVIDIA. Hey. Uh, well, actually, uh, well, yeah, NVIDIA, or, or what we call in English kind of like the hate, that I really don't believe in hate. I think just people say that in order to kind of like, in their mind, have an excuse when something's going wrong instead of, no, it's, it's you. Yeah. There's no fucking envy. There's nothing. Well, we can talk about it later on, but going back to this piece on making it public or not, or work on silence, again, it also depends on your personality. I understand that, like, you and I, I think we wire the same, that no. Like, if I told people I'm going to do it, I'm gonna fucking do it because yeah. that's kind of like the way we're wired. Maybe some people are work in their brain. It's like, no, I need to show them silently. Okay, if that's you, make it happen, bro. But there's a higher chance that you know what the reason why you don't want to uh, uh, tell people it's just you want to have that excuse when you don't make it happen. Like no one to know that I didn't make that. Yeah, happen. yeah, they don't want the failure to be public. Yeah, I've been wanting to do what you did. You posted a picture of you shirtless. I've been wanting to do this for years, bro. The one project that I have not been able to uh, achieve, I want a six pack, bro. Before I die, I just want a fucking six pack. Yeah. Why? Not even for people to see it, just that is the hardest thing. There's more millionaires than people with six pack. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing ever, right? And I've been wanting to post like a before and then put the date and an after, 
blank, like for the future, and, yeah. like, and like just put a date, right? Yeah. Pero me da vergüenza, bro. And when I saw your story, I'm like, fuck yeah, this guy is making it happen. Now, let me, let me read you something that I posted literally a few hours ago right now. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, if, you're scared, if you're scared of posting something, just remember, no one cares about you online for more than a second. Post that shit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That to five seconds, and if it's a negative thing, to be honest with the people that will give you hate, if there's such thing as that, because there's a high chance their life is not cool, bro. Like, like people that you want to impress, or that you maybe like, they'll be like, "Fuck yeah, Ruben is doing shit that I want to do," or like, like I'm telling you, like the people that might think otherwise, that I'm just a one of bro. There's a high chance your life's not going well, so yeah. deal with that first. Cool. So I'm glad we talked about that. How about? religion um i know you you talked about a little bit at the beginning by the way but from the, the conference and a lot of different mm -hmm. conferences that i see or even instagram gurus they all say about their faith the importance and all that i'm not someone of faith by the way yeah and, and, and but they make it seem like no we this is kind of our purpose purpose so i would just want to hear your take on is it something that that um that works for you that you don't what's what's your take in religion when it comes to business and personal life yeah so i have um i i've been taking a stance on on two things and if the other one comes up we'll, we'll talk about it but just relating to this one i have taken a stance against people that use god for profit Oof, nice. and so and and people were like oh yeah that's the churches and i'm like i'm not i'm not talking about the churches because the churches they have their own thing which they might actually be caring for people right or whatever and they might take profit i really don't care i'm talking about people that are saying they go up on stage and they go god wants you to do this and god wants you to do this and also i sell a product and by the way you're buying this product because you believe i'm a holy person that's what i have a problem with i have a problem with people who um you know pray daily on and i've seen this like with some younger dude pray daily on social media and and then they talk about their business and so i don't believe in it and i've always had a hard time and, and i even had a point where i was like i should be talking about god more in my faith and sure i will like i wear this i wear this shirt and i've been looking for shirts that i that i relate with and it says push and then on the back it says pray until something happens that's my faith right like that's my faith like that's my reminders that's my way of saying like i believe in god but that's it like that's me and him you know what i mean but as far as, um, you know, I even have, like, a lot of influencers that are saying, like, you know, if, you're, if your faith isn't there, then your business isn't going to be there. And it's like, dude, you don't, you don't have the right to talk for God. You know what I mean? You don't have that right. You don't have that right to say that somebody will fail or somebody will do better because then at that point you're judging for God. And, ju and it even says that, like, only God will judge. Trust me, I, I'm, I know the Bible better than most Christians because, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness, we literally like studied that thing over and over and over again and so when somebody tries to come at me i'm like dude you're no better than the pharisees right the ones that would just publicly out loud oh my god look at me but then they would go and they would hate on somebody else they were hypocrites right so there's a lot of ways that i can say that people were hypocrites but now i have no problem saying that if you are using god for profit that you will not be in my life or that i will say hi to you and be polite but other than that they I'm, I'm not messing with you because I don't believe you're doing something that's ethical. So yeah, we're gonna become best friends after today. By the way, <laughs> let me tell you why. I I'm with you a hundred percent. Now, if I follow, because I think I I don't know if <laughs> I might think I, I might know who you're referring to, 
But if I'm following you, let's say Ruben, and you want to post about your religious stuff, what makes you feel good, or like your your dating church, that man, today I feel good, bro, I'm following you, and because of you, I'm okay with it. But as soon as you start saying that your religion's better than somebody else's, or that Jesus is, you know what, let, let's go, you, you need to get uh, wake up and, 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 and pray to Jesus, because if not, they, I mean, as soon as you start thinking that your religion is better than someone else's religion, to me, that's ignorance. I've been traveling because I've worked to a lot of countries, bro. To the Philippines, to Egypt, to Africa, to, to a lot of different places. In the same way that, that you believe in Jesus, how Jesus, or, or whoever, by the way, or, or, or just your ex-religion, bro, those people, the, even Muslims, because I, I was in, um, uh, for, for the World Cup in Qatar and all that, even those Muslims, they are good people that believe the same way, as strong as your faith is in X, they also believe in that cow. And are you better than them? Are you lucky enough to be introduced to the to the better religion and they're not? So it sucked that they were born in another uh, side of the, uh, of the world. Like as soon as, again, religion, I think it's a good thing. I'm not religious at all, by the way. Um, I think religion is a good thing if you need that purpose, that, that something to make Community. you feel better. Go for it, bro. It brings a lot of great stuff. But as soon as you start thinking that your religion, or at least uh, just try to push your agenda on others, business or not, even personal, like even if you start thinking that your religion is the one, bro, that's ignorance. Because yeah. even what we're saying right now, bro, we might be full of shit. We're not saying, hey, we hear this because this is gonna be the truth. This is it. Yeah. Of course not, it's not, right? This yeah. is just our opinion, people talking. But when people refer to absolutes, like this is it, now we're talking about that, at least in my opinion, bro, you're an ignorant. Yeah. Like that, that, that right away that labels as an ignorant person that just because you, you're right and everybody else is wrong. I'm like, oh, I think there's something wrong here. Yeah, it's supposed to be a community, not an MLM. Exactly, exactly. Now, I, I want to talk about imposter syndrome. Uh, uh, and, and again, going back to your business, have you ever dealt with that? Because again, you deal with a lot of influential people, a lot of people that have a lot of money, millionaires. And I'm like, bro, are you like, do you get um, nervous at times? Again, do you feel that maybe you don't belong there? Talk to us a little bit about that. Ah, uh, dude, that one's that one's hard because, and and um, I I do, but I think that in El Paso, I haven't met a lot of people who I, because it, it's almost like a justification at this point of like, well, they're good at this, but I'm good at this. You know what I mean? And so it's like you almost like level yourself off, right? But. The, the thing that I heard recently, which I think is the reason that I haven't been doing that much of it, is there, um, you know Eric Thomas? No. Okay. Uh, the football player? No, no, no. Oh, no he's no. African-American uh, motivational speaker. No. Um, he's the one that, that screams a lot and goes, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. But anyway, him, he was um, he was talking about this thing that was called, uh, the name of his talk was uh, Facing Giants, basically. And again, like I just, I, I, I find the core message of what people are saying and I'm like dude that that's it that's that's the next thing you know and what he was saying is like David um before he would fought Goliath what was he doing they're like oh sheeps and he was fighting lions and bears and stuff but you don't know that side of his story like you really only know about David after he killed Goliath and he's like if you want people to know about you and you want people to actually respect you you want the growth you got to start facing these giants and he's like that's what's going to make you grow he's like you fail against a giant you'll still grow way more than if you face somebody and I'm like, damn. Bro, that was powerful. Even you telling me the story, I'm like, fuck yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. And I'm like, damn. And there's there's some giants here in El Paso. And to be honest, dude, here here in the city, I haven't wanted to 
I don't know, like, if I would say associate myself with them, but I haven't wanted to present myself around them. I haven't wanted to be around them. And I, and it was, I think, a little bit part of that imposter syndrome or that, like, that, that mentality of, like, they think they're better than me. And it's like, do they think they're better than me or do I think that they think they're better than me? And what if they think they're better than you? Let's talk a little bit about this. But but let's say that they do. Does that mean that I have to believe that? There you go. Okay. Or is it up to me to show them that it's not about us being better than each other, but different? Okay. All right. Going back to way back when we talked about priorities, what helps me, Senor, I've been talking to people that are millionaires here, right? I outside also work like the people that that are more. M- more successful again when it comes to business i have friends that make half a million dollars a little bit more than that right what helps me is that i i go back to my priorities what are my priorities happiness being being peaceful right and when i interact with them and i'm sure this happens to you like when you do interact with that millionaire or that business owner that owns half a paso you can kind of tell like oh this guy has issues like yeah, or maybe you're like 100% at work all the time or you talk to your family like this way and you're like, oh, fuck, bro. Yeah. I really, and because of that, like I do not have that uh, that thoughts of, oh, this guy's better. I mean, this guy makes more money, that's a fact. But as far as what my goal, if my goal was money, oh, for sure, remember, maybe maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm not at your league, so I'm not even gonna talk to you. Yeah. But because my priorities are, again, I'm gonna die and what really matters is just this moment that I'm content, happy with my life, and most of the time, I see people that, oh, bro, says, okay, I, I, I feel for you. Um, so that's what helps me. And maybe that's something that also kind of like when you look at things, that basically you said the same thing when you look at, okay, you might be good at this, but then there's other things that maybe you are not. Yeah, well, I think there's, there's a very generic answer to this too, which everybody knows, which is confidence comes from competence, right? And so it's like the more that you feel that you know something, the more confident that you become in it. And what I've noticed is that a lot of these very rich people and millionaires, they're coming to me for help when it comes to marketing and branding. And so what I'm starting to realize is even though they're, it's different, you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's different because when does it get to a point where they start paying you five to $10,000 just to be around you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I think that what we're missing is we're missing that confidence because we don't have that complete confidence. We, we don't feel like we know something so well that somebody would be like, okay, well, people usually want to be around me, but I actually want to hear you talk because I think what you know is better than what I know at this point. Okay. How can someone build confidence if it's not at that level that they feel that they know you got to pick got. one thing? That's, that's the hardest thing okay. for us is you got to pick one thing that you think people would be interested in. And for me, it's the whole branding marketing thing, right? And I'm, I'm going even deeper into it, right? Because I have the shark and it's the, the brand shark, right? But I'm going human psychology marketing now to where it's like really deep. And it's like when somebody talks, because right now, and, and you have to find a problem. We'll, we'll go even in, in deeper than that. You have to find a problem. The problem that I have found right now, that if I talk to millionaires and billionaires, probably not billionaires because billionaires can pay somebody to figure it out, but millionaires because millionaires want to keep growing, right? The number one problem that we have when it comes to marketing and branding is what? Do you know what it is? No. Okay. Not being ignored. And I, and I say this very specifically with the psychological words that I picked. Because if you know right now 
um, if you were to post something on social media, there's a high likely chance of you being what? Ignored. That somebody's gonna see your video and they're just gonna go, nope. If you're on Tinder, what's gonna happen? Dip. They don't even give you a second chance. They don't give you two seconds anymore. They just, boop, boop, boop. That's the biggest problem that we have right now, right? So if I get around millionaires and people that like want to do more, they're like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I do marketing and branding. And it's like, well, what, what kind of marketing branding? It's like, I've, I've just been really diving really deep into how to, helping people not be ignored online anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know how people are just skipping through all your stuff? And they're like, yeah. It's like, oh, I help people not do that anymore. I hope it's so that people actually care what the hell you're posting. And so that way, when you spend an hour doing content just for you to post it, it's not wasting your time. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, so what I hear is, is someone's working on their confidence. That's first of all, pick something, get good at it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, once you become good at it, automatically you're going to be confident. Find the, and then find the problem that people want you to fix for them. Because everybody has problems, and mm -hmm. there's a way for you to fix it. It's just... What's that specific problem and how are you better than most people at solving? Because nice. then you become so interesting to people. I like that. I like that. Now, uh, to, to like the last subject uh, on, on um, business gurus, I don't know, influencers, what you call it. There's a lot out there that tell you start your business, make sure you, you take that jump, make sure you take that leap, make sure you get it going, make sure you do this. And I understand the idea overall. It's good. Of course, action is always good. But when I think about people in business, not everybody should start a business. Not everybody should start with their branding shit or whatever it is. And I'm gonna give you just my take on it is, um, first of all, I think that like the true happiness being content is component, uh, it's, it's based on two things. Self-awareness and perspective. Perspective, you get to travel, you get to see people, you get to meet, you get to see, okay, you know what, maybe I don't have it as bad. Uh, now that self-awareness is understanding how good you are at, at things maybe you know what I, I know I don't know shit right and that what I have I always ask people and if you have the answer go ahead and tell me is self-awareness something that you can develop I so far I'm to the idea that you can't either you're born with it or you just not that's just the common sense of understanding that for example is this conversation going good is like Ruben like in my questions is he not like trying to read out that on the spot as, as fast as possible and also like am I good at this am I not that kind of like that going back to self-awareness right yeah. so what I find a lot is that even though these girls are asking or telling people that oh make a do it I'm like bro opening a business it's such a big like task such a big deal that if you have not been consistent at following a diet if you're overweight and you have not been able to master that don't get into business like know that you're good at certain things once you have mastered that, now going to this, going to that. But if you have issues at home uh, with your wife, with your kids, with wherever you, you feel stress, anxiety, depression all the time, bro, don't start a business, you know? And a lot of people, I feel that they don't talk about that piece. So work on yourself first, have that self-awareness, and once you're good, boom, dale con todo. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, so I, I have the same, I guess, issue that you have of not understanding whether people are born with it or not, right? But mine, and, and so I, I agree with you, but because I don't understand why some people have a spark and other people don't. So I, I my, myself in my life, I'm like, I want more. 
right? And therefore, like, I see all the opportunities where, like, I was like, I want more. I didn't have more. I want more. I, I want an apartment. I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time who we were married, or maybe we were married, and we went and we saw two apartments. We went, we tried to move in with people. They sucked. It was a horrible experience. I looked at her in the eye, and I was like, let's just go get this apartment. We'll figure it out. I don't understand why some people have drive and other people don't, and some people just accept things and other people don't. So for the same reason of self-awareness, I don't, I don't know why some people have it and other people don't. I don't know if it can be triggered because I don't understand why some people have other things that other don't. I don't know if life is fair that way. But what I do know is that the moment that people decide that they do want more, I think that that's where life actually changes. What triggers that event is so hard to tell. There is a psychological thing that says that before 30, I don't know what it is, after 30, the only thing that causes people to change is pain. And if the pain is large enough, and, and I had always thought about this, right? Like, do, why, why does it take somebody dying for you to change your life? Why does it take a divorce for somebody to change your life? Why does it take, like, you know, you getting run over your foot or, you know, you breaking your foot to realize that you don't want to uh, ride a mountain bike anymore, even though you know it was dangerous beforehand, right? Why is it that it actually took you breaking your actual foot? And so the reason is that, that it's pain. Um, does it work for everybody? No, because people feel pain all the time and they get low, let go from a job and then they just go get the same job. So I don't understand what the psychological fact is. And for that reason, I don't know if self-awareness is something that's actually taught or that people actually have. Yeah, it, it, it somehow our conversations, uh, like at least with the podcast, it goes to that, bro. Because like to me, self-awareness, that that uh, it, it's that trucha. Like, like I can tell you're trucha. Like, you know, you understand, you can read a room, you can read people, how they're responding to you. There's some people that just do things, see, you know, I'm like, I mean, sometimes it's good, by the way, especially if you have this mindset of depression at all, overthinking, like, bro, if you're just ignorant and bien pendejo, this is gonna work for you, so yeah. make it happen, bro. But the fact is that, like, if you wanna have goals and grow bigger, like, the answer for is it's huge, and now, like, again, I don't know the answer for this, bro, but I, I wish there was, like, yeah, you can develop it, and here's, like, a way to develop. I don't know. So, before we go into the next topic, you said that you're right now working on two things talked about when we talked about religion kind of like to the, your faith kind of like being more vocal about it what's the second thing you're working on Facebook. yeah we talk about um, that maybe one of the things you're working on is being more vocal about faith how you're against people like they monetize their faith oh gotcha the second one that I'm, yeah. that I'm being vocal about okay um, yeah I mean without context it's uh, it's a little strange right but um, we've had certain experiences recently in which, um, oh God, I don't even know what the correct way of saying this, but basically when it comes to the harassment of women mm -hmm. um, and them not making, or not them not being comfortable with the advances that somebody makes towards them. And so um, the reason being is because there's so many things that you can be vocal about, right? Like for example, um, Black Lives Matter, that was, that was a movement, right? Um, but there are certain things that I'm just like, I'm not gonna be vocal about it because they're like BLM passed and then the founders took a bunch of money and blah, 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 right? So um, I'm very carefully choosing the things that I am like, hey, you know what? Regardless of whether or not this passes or changes, like I don't believe that this is right. And so the first one, um, like I said, is using God for profit. And the second one is um, anybody who crosses the line with women and I believe that uh, the woman is correct on it right and whether I'd be wrong in the future or not about that person I think that's something different right that I'll have to amend myself but I think that there's something very wrong about us treating women still like they're objects or like you know the 70s where it's like stay at home blah 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 um, 
there is a very big movement coming or that has happened that is basically, um, you know, whether women want to stay at home or not, that's really up to them. Um, you can believe in God all you want. You can believe in religion. You can believe in old family values. It has nothing to do with the fact that they are people and that they get to choose what they want to do. And if they don't want to do what we think that they want to do, then that's completely up to them, right? We're all people. And so the second thing that I'm, I'm really vocal against is basically stop treating them as objects. And if you get, you know, accused of something, I'm going to look at it and I don't believe that I should be associating you're cut off. Nice. I like that. I don't know if you know this, but I have a daughter, which is a teenager, and you should just, it's just me and her, by the way, I got custody of her about 12 years ago, so it's just me and her growing up. Yeah. Um, and you should just, the conversations that we're having, I see, well, I see, like intense, me and my daughter. But um, I wanted to ask you, outside business, outside work, outside what people see on your social media, who's Ruben Andres? Um, Pretty much it. I mean, like the the main thing that I'm trying to do, and it goes back to the whole like singular focus thing, you know, is I do want to, and I know that I am, and and I've been changing the way that I've been wording this, but I know that I am, you know, a Kobe Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant, and Alexander the Great, a Steve Jobs. Um, I know that I have all the potential to do it. It's just my, like my biggest fear more than anything is will I live to see it. Or like, will I die young? You know what I mean? Will Will it end all tomorrow? Because it's random. You know what I mean? It's random. I'm not saying like, hey, you know, people are, especially they go, oh no, you're manifesting. I'm like, I'm not manifesting shit. Like literally, I could walk outside, drunk driver hits me on the side. Like it's just random, right? So to me, I, I'm very singular focused on what I want to do. And I think that the hardest part is knowing that I have to take breaks because I am forced to be human. What I'm scared of, and it's just, uh, basically what you just said, is just unreached potential. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I'm not gonna tell you, like, I wanna be a millionaire, I wanna, no, it's not about that. My number one uh, goal is that happiness. But within that, it doesn't mean that I'm a hippie, that I like to smoke weed all day, but of course not. It's just that unreached potential. Because yeah. the, the thing of having some self awareness is like, wait, 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 if these people are doing it, yeah. I can definitely do it, right? Yeah. And because of that, okay, well, let me, let me let me try my best to do this, to do that. That sometimes, like you said, it might um, not serve you well because there's even when you reach at the, uh, that point that you're looking at right now, is that really what you're going to settle in? And most likely, you know, there's still more, right? So that's why there's a balance that we have to play, um, of course. Yeah. So now let's go into a topic. I don't mean to intrude at all, but I saw this on your social media, meaning that you were very public about it, and this is your divorce. Uh, first of all, again, someone that uh, just from from someone that doesn't know you at a personal level, why were you public about it? Let's start with that. Um, I don't believe in people having stuff over me, and so I know that you know this is one of those things that if I choose to come out about it, then there's more power in them. Um, you know, I think that there's so many things that people can do to try to discredit you, right? And so one of them would be like, oh, no, he's, he's being quiet about it. He doesn't want people to know. Um, he's ashamed. He's embarrassed. He's a failure. He's a fraud. Like, you know, he talks about everything else. But then the moment, like, and so I think that there is a lot of reason for people to try to discredit me. And as much as, like, I really don't care what you think, like, I'm not afraid to put out what is going on. Right? Like, I don't want anybody to have power or control over me. And so it was a very liberating thing to be able to say it. And um, I think one of the hardest things is I don't mind people being there for me. I just don't want pity. 
and I think that that's where a lot of people have come from is more or less like oh if you need anything let me know and it's like well could it not be like I know that you can count on me for anything but like if you want to have a coffee let's go next week right and I think that that's where it's a little unsettling is that maybe people don't know how to act and maybe but then again it's like it's it's, it's it on me to have people to know how to act when I'm the one that's going through so it's it's mm-hmm. a mix of emotion you know so yeah 100% because you don't know the intent once you know the intent if the intent is the right one maybe the wording is not the, the correct one but as long as you know the intent I mean I guess that's but it's good a, but it's up to me to interpret it, even though I'm the one that's going through it you know what I mean so it's like it's a very um, and I think that that goes into self-awareness right like uh-huh. all the extra responsibility that falls on you to be self-aware and to forgive and to almost interpret for others what they might mean now this is pretty recent. Do you mind talking a little bit about your your, your feelings, your emotions right now? I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I had a breakup myself, so I know there's a mix of a lot of different things. Uh, but now that I'm, I'm sure some people will find value from someone that owns a business, not only you're approaching a business uh, mindset wise as far as your divorce, but what's going on in your mind, your mind, in your brain right now? What is it that you're looking forward to? Yeah, the the business is is tough because you have kids mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about your physical kids I'm talking about your business kids your family your business family right and so um, I have my sad days and I have my days where I am not rising up as a leader the way that I should and so what's cool is that the business is self-sufficient it is but it's not up to anybody else to run the business other than me and so it's hard knowing that um, and this comes with with us, right? Like the people that choose to own a business and choose to start a business, we decided that we wanted to start it. We decided that we wanted to hire. We decided that we wanted to grow and expand. The people that are there never decided for us, even though they took the 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 job. That's their responsibility, right? That's what they can hold themselves accountable for. But we were the ones that said we have a vision, and if you trust me, we will get there. And so, as much as it's hard right and it's hard emotionally and um it's very lonely right Um, my family isn't here with me anymore and i really don't have anyone else so um it's hard but that doesn't mean that it's anybody else's issue other than my own and i know that a lot of people won't agree with that because they'll say oh no it's it's good to self-heal and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself and you're going through something there are certain realities in life that we have to accept such as if someone dies we can't just go oh no they're not dead they're dead accept it you know it's a hard reality to say i am responsible for everything that's going on regardless of what's going on right now and so i think that that's truly one of the hardest things is that um and i experienced this with my cousin when he he killed himself um i was 18 or 19 years old and he took his life and he hung himself and what i realized was i went to work in the same day and i was working and i was sad but you come to this realization that the world keeps moving. It's a really, really fucked up thing to feel because it feels so unfair and you wish everything would stop and you wish like the, the business would stop and you wish the life would stop and you wish you could just have 30 days of stop. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. And I think that that's one of the hardest things that people have to, um, you have to get used to and whatever you need to, to, to feel better, right? Like I have found that um, you'll break down just randomly, you know what I mean? because you'll see certain things that remind you like for example my kids um dude i was going to the gym and one of the guys he's probably like eight years old or like nine no probably closer like 10 you know my son's seven same exact pokemon shirt that my son wears never have seen it before i'm like bro come on are you 
freaking kidding me, you know what I mean? So there's there's a certain there's a certain path that I think that you have to follow that will make you feel better. Um, if you feel like, hey, dude, I might just want to eat for the first week. Like the first, I think, 30 days, there's there's no holding it together. Like you, you, you can be pretty strong mentally, but I think you have to allow yourself so much grace to be like, man, that sucks and I fucked up and we have to move forward. And that's it, you know? Anything you recommend? I'm still you're you're still in the process, or you're still working through it. But anything, any actions that you're taking to help you with with this going on? Is it more getting into business, going to the gym? Of course, having a different perspective on yeah. things. Yeah, it's is it just that? realizing that people care about you, and I think that one of the things that I've realized the most is you need to have something actually productive to do at night, because during the day it's easy. You know, during the day it's very easy for you to. Um, be consumed with work and then you go to lunch and then you go to dinner and then you go to the gym and then you get home but then you get home nobody gets home at 10 p.m. when it's getting time to go to sleep what time do people get home usually at like 7 mm -hmm. and then if you're at home from 7 to 10 and you're watching the, realistically the best option is to like watch TV or something you know what I mean as, as a baseline as a baseline I'm saying do work and do other stuff but as a baseline at least watch TV because if not then you're just gonna be like well I, I, I need someone or like you know who's awake or should I should I maybe take up marijuana should I start drinking like you get into all these things that are just like I'm sad and I need to cope with this sadness and I think that as much as I want to say TV isn't uh, a great evil it's a pretty good evil because at least you're not doing anything stupid <laughs> you know yeah. you're just wasting your brain away but you're not doing anything that's going to actually harm you that makes sense if we can again before we jump into something else what was before the situation mm -hmm. what was your view on marriage and and let me tell you why i'm asking this i have a lot of friends that are together married right lots of years and for the most part at least from the outside they don't seem like they're very happy again i'm just talking about my, some of my friends but their the view of their marriage is one that their parents are together and you deal with it a hundred percent regardless if maybe you're not happy anymore but you stay there forever because that's the example that their parents left and their grandparents and stuff like that again that's their opinion that's their way of doing things fine like in my personal uh mindset uh not mindset sorry upbringing my my, my parents were not together and my mom when i um when I uh, had a, a situation, my mom said, you know what, you never stay with someone that you don't love. And if there is something, like that's it, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with something else, uh, but you just don't do that. And that, again, good or bad, because that might have been a bad thing, but now that I have a relationship that I do not feel 100%, I have no issues with, okay, well, I'm trying, to, again, not, not, not just only giving yeah, up, yeah, like yeah. I'm not calling it that way, but it is okay to start over, and I'm okay, you know? But again, I'm, I'm just wondering, without knowing your person, like I'm wondering if like if his point of view or his view of marriage was this, and maybe that's the reason why maybe is hurting a little bit more, hurting a little bit less. Again, if you don't want to show, that's fine, but I'm just curious on that. Well, I, back on the whole like principle thing, right? Um, especially how you were saying most people stay together. I, one day, I remember thinking, why do I think this way? Like, why? Why do I think that I have to stay with someone? And um, I, won't, I won't go too much into, like, the whole, like, issues and everything, right? Because, like, obviously, um, you know, I, I care for, for uh, my ex-wife a lot. But um, when you realize, like, what if I'm not enough? Or what if we are not enough? 
and we just keep trying but why do we keep trying and I think that you kind of hit on on like the nail on the head which is um, if you really think about why most people keep trying why is it and it's literally it's either religion right or it's it's the Bible right which most people go by the Bible or they're going off of um, a custom that we're used to, right? Like, so for example, like Indian people, they marry once and then they die with that person. It's an arranged marriage, right? But if you were to be like, well, well what if I wanted to marry someone else? And it's like, no, you couldn't. It's like, well, why not? It's like, well, that's what we've been taught. And it's like, well, you could never think a different way. And so when I really started to like really question that, I'm like, why am I together with somebody even though we might not want to be together? And it's like, well, we're only together because religion told us that it was bad and that you got to keep trying society has told us that you're not a man if you don't stay together with someone and that it's bad and society tells you that you're not a great father if you don't stay together right and so when you start looking at it it's you might not even want to be with someone it's literally just because of all these things that you were told and it's like what if you were never told those things would we have just been like oh cool deuces like this isn't working out for me you know and so, I don't know, I had to really, really think about those things. And, and it really upset me that we're almost living a life just based on what we've been told. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for sharing, by the way. Uh, because you're, I think, and, and again, going back to the business mindset, or, or I think that's just an extension of who you are as a person as well. Again, we talked about how you are as a person and you show it in business, how you show it with, with marriage as well and, and a lot of different things that you do you, you talked about. For example, going a little bit more deeper on this, a lot of people say, oh, half the marriages end in divorce. Oh my God, right now marriage is okay. Is that a bad thing? Uh, like you want to say it's a bad thing because you have this idea that, oh no, it's forever. But also the happiness index, like the studies of happiness, it shows that we're happier than before. Mm -hmm. So wait, so like if you're, if it takes a divorce or like a, a negative situation for you to be happier, is that a bad thing overall? Or is that just what you think because either religion, because of your parents, because of a lot of different things? And that's when a lot of people don't challenge themselves to mm -hmm. think that way. And I'm sure you know a lot of people that uh, I do, I know a lot of them, and I'm like, bro, you might see him on your Facebook pictures that it's pretty cool that you have all this thing going on, but we know you don't. And we know what your the husband or wife does on the side and how sad it is, bro. And again, if your priority in life is to uh, die with your husband or, okay, then you, you are living to your priorities. Yeah. But then that's the reason why we have anxiety, depression, because I think I should be doing something else or my idea of my long-term, but then my actions are something else. And because of that, that's why you have anxiety, depression, all that. Again, if it's not medical stuff, right? And again, I think that a lot of people should just benefit from once again have your priorities straight. One, I think that once you have your priorities straight, like now you come up with the question now: Is this situation helping me with my priority of again being fulfilled, content, happy? Yes or no? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, it sucks, but let's get it over with. Or the other way around. You know what? Overall, if I'm without this person, like I'm gonna be worse than what I am right now. Okay, well then you definitely try to fix the situation and just move forward because overall your long-term goal, what you want to do, then it's gonna play a big factor in your actions, of course. Yeah. All right, so well, hopefully someone uh, takes value or, or uh, got some value from, from that conversation. So again, thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanna ask you a couple last questions. Number one, what's what, what are some personal and business goals that you have uh, 
for you going on? What are, what are some things that, that you're working on right now, sir? Yeah, so I, same as you, I want a six pack out, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm close. I think that uh, I could start seeing them within the next 30 days. So that's my, that's my like goal right now for personal. Uh, for business, um, I'm trying to go more into personal speaking. And I'm trying to make that the primary source of income. Why? Because it pays the highest for the lowest amount of work. So for and this is this is low scale, right? But um, you could be paid one to two thousand dollars for an hour worth of speaking, right? That's that's pretty normal. I want to get to about ten to twenty thousand dollars for an hour of speaking. And then when you get really high, like when you're a Grant Cardone, Eric Thomas, you're uh, Tony Robbins, it's two hundred thousand for one hour of speaking. Yeah. So um, for me. It's, it's a very good return on investment if I get one speaking gig that pays $20,000 for one hour because I literally have to leave El Paso once a month and now I can get paid what I was getting paid. I can get paid even more than what I was getting paid for one hour. Not a bad return on investment. Are your long-term goals to continue in El Paso? Yes. Um, sort of. It, it, it might be a split thing more than anything. Um, where I do business here and in California because I do want to be seeing my kids more, right? Mm -hmm. And so I might buy um, a home over there and then spend 50% time with over there, 50% over here, just because there's no way that the business can run here without me here. Um, and it's just a reality until we scale enough, you know what I mean? But there's no reason that I see why not to continue here, especially if the growth potential is as high as it is. Nice. Um, the last question, and this is something that I ask every single guest, Please tell us one thing you love about El Paso. I know you know you, you talked about it in, in pockets. Um, and what is one thing that you would change or improve in our city? Uh, what I love about El Paso, I love that so many people are looking to grow. I love that it's so easy to find people that have a mentality that things can be better, that things should be better, and that things will be better, right? Because in a lot of places, I think that most people are just so rushed about uh, making a dollar and screwing people over and I don't see that here so I really like that that there is a love towards each other you know what I mean that that it's not so superficial that it's not so generic and that you don't have to spend um, 200 to 400 dollars like you do like if you go to Dallas or you go to California um, you're spending 200 to 400 dollars every weekend just because nobody goes to anybody's house you know what I mean so I, I like that about it um, what I would change about El Paso is I would, I would have people be more open to new things if it means the destruction or the restructuring of old things, um, such as in downtown, right? And we have um, this area that wasn't made into something else, Duranguito, right? Which we're gonna have like a sports complex or something like that, which fine, let's leave the people there. But let's set standards of which the houses have to be maintained at if we are gonna call this a quote, quote, historic district. Um, we work on Montana where all the, the lawyers are at, right? Like that historic lawyer district. And um, the houses, they're decaying. I literally thought the houses were just, you know, investment properties that no one had. They are decaying. They're disgusting on the outside. Um, there's mold. There's rot. There are four different colors, right? There's people parking on the sidewalks. Um, there's no standards. So why are we choosing not to have something new if we're choosing to help these people so that rents don't go up? but they can do whatever they want to the city to not make it look nice. It doesn't make the city look nice. It doesn't make people want to come here. Um, the airport I heard is finally getting renovations, you know what I mean, which is awesome because it's an international airport, right? Um, but it doesn't go anywhere in international. 
So I, I really hope that El Paso makes a change of being open to new things that make the city more attractive to people to not only want to come to visit here, but to live here. Very well said. And if my, um, now if I can add, like if we can act faster, yes. that will be also <laughs> yes. something, because everybody agrees on that idea, but okay, well, we need some faster actions. Yes. Um, pero bueno. Señor, number one, thank you so much for your time. Again, this is a Sunday afternoon. I'm sure you have better things to do than just be with me. So I want to once again thank you. And everybody else, muchas gracias. See you guys next time. Adios. Yeah, thank you.